to the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. Side by side, Boards gets a better line. Oh boy, we got wheel to wheel right here, string. Oh, and Stu Baylor right behind him. Russell going to try to dive Bob down to the inside. No, can't get the line he wants. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Split Line Off-Road Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rodney Cooper, with me today, as always. Brandon White here, guys. What is going on? We're back. Back at it. Ready ready, ready to get going. Heck yeah, man. I'm excited. Today's going to be an awesome show. We have former UFC star Josh Koscheck coming on the show. And just to let you know, he does more than UFC now. That's why he's on the show. Full gas sprint enduro. I was getting ready to get to that. He's okay. a full gas okay. sprint enduro owner. And we're like, why is everybody like a UFC fighter? And promoter. On? Yeah. No, it's, he, he does I mean, it. it'd be cool anyways. Yeah. But. It, it, cool. It's going to be a cool interview. We got him coming on the show. We have Coach Rob Beams coming on the show. Coach is a, uh, Rob is a friend of the show. Yep. And... Uh, it's going to be a good one. It is. It's, it's going to be, be a great. good one. we got a lot of questions that we have from you guys to ask to him, so it's going to be awesome. Before we get started, though, we have to thank our awesome sponsors. As always, thank you to Guts Racing. Since since 1985, they've been uh, creating the best seat covers and seat foam technology in the business. Don't ask me. Ask people like Joel Hetrick. Ask people like Thad Duvall, Craig DeLong. Those guys trust Guts. You guys should, too. Best seat covers in the business. Brandon? Style or performance? Uh, style. Style? They're yeah. pretty sweet looking. But, Brandon, i got to go with performance because those gripper seats hold you to the seat when you need to be held to the seat oh, real yeah. nice and tight on those uh, on those really muddy rods. And those sketchy moments. Sketchy moments. Yeah. And they can custom seat fit or custom seat oh, thumbs yeah. for you. It's pretty sweet stuff. We're going to be giving one away here pretty soon. Don't know exactly when, but yep. it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. So keep an eye on that, guys. Uh, we got to thank Seal Savers. They have been in the business for 21 years. Uh, they are a West Coast company coming to the East Coast via Split Line Off Road. Yeah. And uh, it, guys, if you want to save your fork seals, if you want to save your coils, if you want to save the parts that mean the most to you, that create your rod a little more comfortable, then trust nobody else besides uh, Seal Savers. Those guys make the best seal protection in the business, uh, fork protection in the business for your dirt bike, for your ATV, for your side-by-side, for your mountain bike, for your palms, for your foot pegs. Yep. Uh, they, they make it all. And you can get a 25% discount by using the discount code SPLITLINE, yep. capital S. Use a discount code to get 25% off of their already affordable products. Uh, next, we got to thank Sunstar Chain and Sprockets. Brandon, what are they made of? Case hardened steel, baby. That's right. They are the made <laughs> of the best material. They will last you. They will perform great. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon, um, Brandon, um, might be joining their team soon. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, we're yeah. working deals over here. We're trying. And you can save 30% off by using the split line code SPLITLINE30. Save 30% off of anything that you might need from Sunstar Chain and Sprockets. Uh, but again, best in the best. business. Yep. Style, performance, 
All over. All over. Yep. yep. Uh, we got to also thank XC Gear. They make the Mako 360, the Hammerhead 360, and those are the top of the line bar clamps mm -hmm. for the Hammerhead for your mountain bike, the Mako for your dirt bike and ATV. We have we have already put one Mako on an ATV, yep. and uh, the dude was pumped about did it. You see, said, uh, did you see the customized one he did for Graham Baylor? Uh, no, I didn't, didn't see that. that. That's, that's sick. Yeah, it's a uh, it said little bro badass on it nice and literally it was like engraved in the clamp grant so. grant did make it on the pro podium this he weekend did. right he did i think so with an xc gear clamp so with xc gear clamp choice of champions yep yep uh so yeah you guys need to be keeping in touch with our fantasy because we're going to be giving one of those away this month as well right uh so it's going to be fun this will be fun if this you breaks if, if you went to mako on the split line off-road show i mean yeah that's pretty. That's pretty that's sweet. That's a high dollar that's item. Sweet. And once you put all that stuff on your bike, yep. go race Mountain State Hair Scrambles. Best local series in West Virginia, hands down. Richie Nolan operates a awesome series. Uh, if you want tight technical woods that's going to make you a better rider, mm -hmm. go to Mountain State Hair Scrambles. They're going to be racing uh, at the end of the month. 29th and 30th. 29th and or I'm sorry, 30th and 1st. Is that what it is? Yeah. I think it's the 30th it's the and weekend, 1st. I know it's the weekend of the ATV High Point. Yeah, it's a weekend of the ATV High Point, so I'm I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to uh, be going. I think I'm going to be at the ATV High Point I might Point be at National. the ATV High Point National as well. Are you racing that? I've, I think so. Uh-oh. Me and the wife's been having conversations, and she's like, are you sure you really want to do that? Because she knows, like, once you get on the quad, it's... Uh, once you get on the quad... It's balls to the wall. Once you go quad, you can't go back. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can go back. <laughs> <laughs> Quads, quads best though. You know, you know. But oh. I tell you what though, I'm excited to go up there. Uh, hopefully, it's not a mutter and we get to see Joel Hetrick and the boys hit that Chad and hit that quad. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. They hit it last year. It was it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be sick. Australia's been riding good. Australia has been riding good. Up on the podium. Man, I tell you what. Let's talk about that just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Mud Moto. Yep. <clears throat> mud moto for sure so i didn't get to watch all the the first moto and everything and i saw the results and i'm like chad weenan like what what's going on with chad like i don't understand what what's happening and uh and then it's like oh second moto back on top yeah i tell you what though but i mean joel's been up there every, he's every won every time. moto yeah so i mean he's pulling every single moto yeah so it's, it's interesting I, I just i'm like are we starting to see the fall off of weaning is something mm. happening is it it's older or is he just not taking this as serious a or? lot of guys are coming up in that sport and and yep. it would take very little mm -hmm. of a step off to be to get behind yeah and that you know maybe that's happening maybe it's just a little bit of a slump maybe they're just testing new parts at the beginning of the season you know how that kind of oh, stuff yeah. goes sometimes well, he's got a family too man you know <clears throat> and when you get in that conditions like there was at anona pass this weekend with mud motos it's just it's tough it's it tough so um did you see where the can they had to cancel the amateur racing um on saturday because it was too bad so all of it yeah Mm. Well, whatever that was remaining, they they had made a, made a post that rest of the amateur matches gotcha. for Saturday were canceled. So, did you see uh, our our buddy Brett Music ended up winning uh, yeah. his, both of his classes, the twenty five plus, and then uh, pro the sport. pro pro sport yeah. class. Yeah, yeah, he's fast, man. Hey, man, he's fast. He's fast. He's fast. Shout out to him. He actually helped me uh, pick out my new mower this weekend. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I got yeah. the. Uh, you didn't ask him to come on the show. What are you doing? Well, we'll get him on the show soon. Oh, okay, we'll get him on the I'm show soon. Think. We uh, um, got me in the. The uh, Skag Turf Tiger. God, uh, that thing's sweet. 
<laughs> sweet. It's a sweet mowing machine, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, Doug Kirk said uh, he, we had a little sneak peek of behind the scenes and split line. Absolutely right. We uh, <laughs> we may have hit record right before we were ready to record, and uh, once we were in the studio, we just decided just to roll with it. We and really need a producer. We really need a producer. <laughs> if there is anybody, anybody. That's interested in that is interested <laughs> that is in the Bridgeport, Clarksburg, West Virginia area that works for free. that works for fun <laughs> and a T-shirt. You get a T-shirt that that looks just like Brandon and I. <clears throat> I like, almost went home, guys, and changed my shirt. We were we're wearing the exact same shirt, but it's yeah. okay. It's okay. Our wives already married us. We're not trying to be cool for anybody, right? Just but these shirts are cool. <laughs> Maybe just not side by side, unless right. we're. Pit crewing together. Right. Yeah. And that way our rider can see us coming. You yeah. know, that type uh, of stuff. Whatever you want. But <laughs> that being said, uh, if there's anybody that would be good at being a producer, aka all you would have to be doing is basically what I'm doing right now, um, just checking the live feed, making sure it's going good, watching the comments and uh letting us focus on talking. And you'd probably jump in the show every once in a while too. We'd set you up nice little booth back here and you'd be good to go. <laughs> um like I said, Brandon said the uh, the pay, you know, is uh, we, we might give you a free water, you know, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. Deer Park, up. yeah, a Deer, Deer Park, Park, top of the line, you know, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So hey, let's get a little bit uh, Supercross talk in. Yeah, what do you think of the what do you think of the 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 tracks on the speedways? Oh, I love them. I love them too. I love them. Uh, I've never been to one. I, I was joking with my wife. I was like, hey, why don't we just fly? Like, let's just go to Atlanta real quick. We have nothing else going on. It was kind of a rainy weekend up here. So, But we had the baseball. I forgot about the baseball. But uh, um, Yeah, dude, we almost didn't get done with our game before <laughs> yeah, the Mario started. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, I love them. I, I, the longer track time and the longer laps, and they could do cool stuff like that 100-foot or 120 foot double or triple, whatever you want to call they, that. They ended was. up taking out. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. that was too. Yeah, that was, that awesome. was big. And I would like to have been there for that, just to watch them hit that on press day. But uh, um, made made racing fun, like more interesting. Um, 250 class was the start there, I guess. Um, dude, what about Fork during the heats when he came? I back? was really excited for him. Um, you know, I've never claimed to be a Forkner fan. Mm-hmm. I've always I always didn't like his attitude. I've always never liked his attitude, but for some reason this year I was really rooting for him, and I just really like to see people working hard and being able to get back into the sport, and I really hated what happened with him and Jet. I was bummed for mm-hmm. him. It wasn't Jet's fault, but it definitely wasn't Forkner's fault mm-hmm. when he went down. And to see him come back, you know, I heard people were saying that he's going to come back and he's going to go all out, but I really wasn't buying it because I thought that – you know, he was on this track for, okay, I just want to be consistent. And, and, and I thought that's what he was going to do. But, man, in that heat, he brought it. <laughs> he brought it. He brought it. When and he sent it off that tunnel jump, I was like, oh, my yeah. goodness. Like, and yes, it was just a heat, but it was the entire East Coast. Yeah. It wasn't just, you know, half of the East Coast like a normal yeah. heat is. Right. Yeah, it was, a whole, it was a whole heat. And then I think he kind of – Needed to prove something to himself. I don't think that was a statement to anyone else but himself. Yeah. Like, hey, I can still do this. I can get back. I can pass these guys. I can put in the work. Give me a couple more races, and I can be up at the front in the main events. And I think that was something for himself just to, like, prove to himself that, hey, I can still do this. Because after being injury after injury after injury, as we talked to a lot of these GNCC guys – 
um, that you know they've had a lot of injuries. You get in a dark place. Yeah. You know, you get down, you get depressed, and and it's like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why do I keep doing this? Why do I what? Why do I? Why am I even doing this anymore? So you go out. And I think that was just a statement ride for himself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, these riders get into – I can only imagine working so hard to not be able to perform like you wanted to. And that's that's got to be gut-riching. I mean, next thing you know, you're sitting on a foot peg. Yeah. <laughs> Dean. <laughs> Poor Dean. Poor Dean. I, it's pretty bad. It was bad. It's pretty bad. It was really bad. I've yeah. been keeping up with him. I, I listened to him mm. on Paul MX and – you know, I just gut ridged for the guy. I mean, I mean, he, he literally has a battle wound. Right. I mean, that's not something you typically see. We, we're used yeah. to broken bones. We're used to dislocated. Well, I mean, most of the time, if you hear some, oh, he's got some stitches or yeah. whatever, he'll be back. But yeah. it doesn't sound like he's coming back. Maybe, not, maybe miss outdoors a little bit. I would say so. I would yeah. say so. It was a pretty rough injury. And we know I'm glad that he's all right. And, you know, speaking of that injury, why didn't we see a red flag? <clears throat> well, um, I would say that he was off the track enough to where they wasn't worried about red flagging it. And but if you, I'm, I know you listen to Pulp and all that, and listen to his uh, thing, listening to it, they should have because all the blood that he was losing and yeah. the freaking out. But I would say it's because he was off the track. And I know they were stuck in between, but they had where he wrecked. They were saved by the finish line jump right there. So they just had the whoop section. I mean, were they, though? Because that's where he well, wrecked you know, <laughs> until well, another bike comes flying <laughs> through the air well, like that. I would say that they had a flagger, yeah. like, pushing them to the right side of the whoops. And, I agree, but but I just think when you have – we don't typically see blood loss type situations right. in, in a wreck. Like I said, we're used to the broken bones. Boom, we're used to the dislocated, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. But the – the the blood that's a different story and that's like a time crucial yeah, yeah uh, that situation could be, that could be you know that that, that could have been pretty bad so I, I, guess. I feel like they may have dropped the ball a little bit they on might that have, one but um, you know you know i mean thank, thankfully that dean will be able to recover and mm -hmm. and make a full recovery uh, i enjoy his if you ha don't follow him on instagram i enjoy his instagram stories he's keeping us oh yeah really uh uh up to date on what's going yeah. on <laughs> yeah for sure for um so what do you think? Uh, do you think Tom, What do you think about Tomac in the heat race? The his swap. Oh man, he about went. Down. He was going for it. Like, yeah, he, he was going. You for thought it. Yeah, like at once he passed Anderson and then Anderson passed him back. Like and then he made a mistake. Like oh, he's not going to get back. And then two laps later, he's going back for it again and yeah. messing up. And do you think he just after a while he just settled even in the main? Event? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, I think that yet again. Uh, Chase Sexton threw away another opportunity for a win. Mm. I think Chase should have like three or four wins this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he, has, he has one, right? One he, win. He should have. He should at least definitely have two. That last lap in, uh, was it Minneapolis? Yeah. <clears throat> Second to last lap, and he had yeah. like a 10-second lead. lead. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely should have won that one. Mm -hmm. So, there's did you two see Kenny? Did you see Kenny? Rodden. Rodden. Yeah, Kenny's back on the bike. Yep. Did you, did you know that Kenny was supposed to go on race day live this week? No, I didn't know that. Yep, he was supposed to go on race day live, and ended up belling on them the last second. Hmm. So, eh, you know these guys. You know, um, real quick. So, so the, there was all this big hype, Craig or Jet, mm -hmm. and here Hunter is the fastest guy. Hunter's <laughs> the, the fastest guy. I tell you, two fifty class. <laughs> who had the more impressive ride though uh, between between Craig and Jet? I don't know, man. They they both had some good rides. 
Um, I'm all with. I'm going with Jet. See, to come through the pack like that. Well, it, it, look back at Craig. He had a bad start. I mean, he was in tenth at, at one point that I saw, yeah. and he was working his way up on a tricky track. Um, he did have one tip over, but I mean, Jet Jet had a mess up. So I mean, to me, that big of a mess up, I think Craig rode, rode better. But I mean, he had a good ride. Jet had yeah. a good ride, but you can't make those big mistakes. No, no, you can't. You can't. Uh, hey, we can't forget about. Fantasy though, oh, you I, forgot. You I, I forgot, want to you? forget about fantasy because I was just plugging them in. <laughs> we man. just, uh, we both ended up doing the same thing and just having to throw teams yeah. together. The last, I think I chose a guy that was in the 450 class that was running 250 or 250 in the 450. Was, I was trying was to be bad. careful about that because I tried not to do that. Oh. I, so I just picked the safest team possible. I ended up scoring 145 points and finishing 17th <laughs> overall. You finished 19th. Oh, there so, we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, if you had to take a guess, who do you think won this weekend? Oh, uh, if I had a guess, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Probably um, Mason. Yep, Mason won. Yeah. Of course, jeez, Mason. Yeah. He's disqualified. Mason, congratulations! You won seal. You won the seal savers. <laughs> the seal savers of the week. Uh, Jalen finished second. That's my niece. Is it? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Two hundred twenty-two points. Dang. Uh, Dark side finished third. Uh, you know, Pony Pod. Yep. Finished third. Jamie. Let's go, Brandon. Fourth, and Justin Groff finished fifth. So, uh, for the season point standings. Um, you know, Mason is just killing it, killing everybody it. and everybody right now. Uh, Jay, um, hang on. Got to get that off there. There we go. Uh, GNCC 62243 is in second. Mr. Poopy is in third. Marty Sealsavers is in fourth. And Let's Go Brandon is in fifth. Um, it's been fun this year. Yeah. You want me to do Rocky Mountain? Yeah, if you don't mind. If you don't <laughs> I was mind, let's for do it. Rocky I was Mountain. Like, uh, I was like, I bet he wants me to do Rocky Mountain. <laughs> All right, guys, ever in Rocky Mountain? Did you play Rocky Mountain this week? Yeah, I got them both in. Nice. I got them both in. I literally walked in the house. It was two fifty nine. I sat down. I had my foot long sub, <laughs> and I was watching Supercross. All right, hey guys, we got a new points leader over in uh, um, over in uh, Rocky Mountain. Uh, B Moretto passed up Jeremy Dewitt um, um, in our group. He's, and then Jeremy's in second, Guthrie's in third, McIvory's in fourth, and Ronnie B's in fifth, and not good. Eight ninety eight is in sixth. Do you know who that is? That is uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Kirk, Doug Kirk. He's making a comeback. Is he? Yeah. Nice. We Doug. were having a conversation about that. He was making a big comeback. Yeah. So. Good job, Doug. Yeah, he was like way down there, and he's working his way up. Yeah. His goal is to be top three. Nice. Three, so nice. We'll see. Well, we'll try to stop him. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm way out of You're there. Terrible. Yeah, I didn't even play it this week. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you. Oh, well, you know the yeah, real I mean, the real game starts in back up in three weeks, right? Yep. Yep. April 9th. Absolutely. That's the real Absolutely. Game. That's when the split line fantasy. If you guys have not played, make sure you play. Well, we can give away a awesome prize. What was the last prize we gave away? Sunstar. Sunstar. So that means this week would be Guts Racing. There'll be a Guts Racing seat cover in coming somebody's way. Three weeks. Yep, in three weeks. That's right. So uh, let's talk a little full gas sprint enduro. Yeah. Brandon, we're going to be having Josh Koscheck on the owner, operator, promoter mm-hmm. of the full gas sprint enduro series. Um, as a series, I mean, what do you think of it? Oh, dude, it's awesome. Um, like I said, I want to get back, get into it when when he gets on. But um, we all know that it, they took a hiatus for a year, mm-hmm. and um, Josh ended up purchasing it off of the original owner. And you know, when you think of Josh Kuschek, you don't think racing. 
you think fighter. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. You know? That's what I've always thought of. So it's you know, it's cool to see somebody that I grew up watching on TV fighting. Um, uh, uh, you know, I was really into UFC back in back in his kind of uh, um, prime. Yeah. So it's really cool seeing somebody from that world come over to over our world and and be successful and and try to really bring um bring something back to the sport that we almost lost as a full grass sprint and yeah. series yeah so i mean uh so yeah he you know, took it and everything i've been i've been to every event this year um it's all been running pretty much flawlessly um, my boy rides a 50 cc class in the morning with the amateurs and we ride on Saturday, and um, he runs a pretty tight ship, doesn't he? He does. He yeah. runs. He runs pretty good. And um, you were I, telling me that, that like there's military guys that he has like uh, helping out and running it. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. So yeah. I, I know that he's he's pretty uh, um, <clears throat> adamant about keeping that time schedule that yeah. they have going yeah. on. Yeah, they do a really good job over there, and um, I think they're in a real bit. You know, they're also obviously in a rebuilding phase mm -hmm. so i mean they're growing they're getting bigger each and every each and every round and um I, I, if you guys haven't tried one the next one's in beckley west virginia uh, memorial day weekend and uh sounds like it's gonna be a fun one That's um, sweet. it's on the golf course so if you guys ever wanted to ride a golf course in your life <laughs> and we all have we all have been like dude i like to hit that golf course yeah it's on a golf course you can do it for free well not for free but you can do it for fun and not get in trouble by free you mean not going to jail right yeah right you can stay free and do yeah. it and stay free yeah. yeah so uh now we're going to get him on the line here in a minute and uh just talk to him about the the process of of buying that i'm sure that you know that's that's a it's a big commitment it is a big commitment uh running a series you know, we had Richie Nolan on not too long ago, and running a series is a huge commitment. Well, uh, I want you to think. Uh, talk to the guy who put the stakes in. If I'm not mistaken, they had put in on the last one was around a thousand stakes in the ground. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of. Stakes. It's a lot of stakes. That's not counting all the ribbon. How often is ribbon is ribbon tore down? Ooh, by riders yeah, yeah i mean and do yeah. they re they do they no, are yeah, they constantly like yeah. refixing it and yeah everything? they have um people that clear the track like come behind and make sure no one's so if they see something down the radio radio Is there penalties for tearing down ribbon um if you do it a lot i'm pretty sure you get like docked or whatever but they try to scare you a lot with it so no one does it um of course there's accidents and stuff but there's a lot of ribbon and and, and a lot of work in, involved in that so oh i'm sure yeah i'm sure um but real quick you, you want to talk about a little bit of my motocross right yeah real quick do we have time we have three minutes we got three minutes three okay minutes. yes let's talk real quick about real motocross quick. so hurlings might be coming over that's the rumor jeffrey hurlings okay does hurling win the championship if he oh comes man over? i don't know man <laughs> uh if he does it, it you got to put him up one of the best all-time greatest Riders to ever ride, yeah. if you would do it. I mean, you I know what I mean. I, I know we talked a little bit about it last week, but I think that I think it's hard to come over and, and win on tracks that you've never ran before. Yeah. I know he did it. At, I know he did it at at, at Ironman, mm -hmm. but at that point in time, Tomac already had the championship locked up. Yeah. He wasn't racing that moto to his full extent, and I know Jeffrey went down yeah. and came from last to beat him well, in one of those motos. Another thing is when you do that. You have nothing to lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? You show up, there's no pressure. There's no championship points. There's yeah. no whatever. When you're up on that line on the first, you know, everybody's free game. It's everybody's championship at that point. And another thing is, is Jeffrey has a tendency to get hurt, hurt and right. go down mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. It seems like it happens to him a lot. So, you know, 
I mean, to, to do anything, he's got to make it through a healthy se- through a healthy season. Now, I hope he does come over because that's going to create a lot of hype. Yeah. Around well, around this season, he's not the only one that possibly can make it make a comeover, and it's uh, Tony Caroli. Tony Caroli, yeah. He is retired from the U, the MXGP, but... If you follow him on of, social media, he's yeah. been riding a lot lately. If I'm not mistaken, he's actually already in the States. Yeah. Um, and, and is riding down um, in Florida at the Baker's Factory. Really? If I'm not... Don't quote me on that. This is all hearsay. It's what I'm hearing. But I could be totally wrong. But as far as I know, he might be at the Baker Factory riding already. Not sure. They said he might run a couple and see where he's at in the points and, and, and go from there. But Yeah. And then uh, there's always – I don't know if you want to pronounce that name. Hey, I can't. hey we have to try. We but, have to try at so least. So the, the big debate right now, there's also another rider that from MXGP that can't not – cannot race because of the, the war right now with Russia. So they, FIM banded him. Or not he banning him. He, he is they, in the he, States. They, they FIM blocked. and AMA yeah. have, 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 have decided not to let him ride. His name is Vesvolin <laughs> Bryakov. <laughs> yeah, I don't... It's, it's what do you guys play. think? Do you guys think that he should be allowed to ride? Or do you yeah. guys think that he should have to sit out due to the war mm-hmm. uh, between Russia and Ukraine? Which, you know, I understand. I, I'm on both sides. You know what I mean? Um, if, if he wasn't riding for, for Russia, mm-hmm. then, you know, just because he's Russian doesn't mean he shouldn't race. But if he wasn't riding for Russia, then, yeah, let him race. But since he, in the, M, in the MXGP world, it's a, it's a world championship and he rides for Russia. Yeah. So that's, that's where I see the line being drawn. And, um, and I understand that on that one in that point. But he's already out of the championship over there. So if Russia and them can kind of get an agreement together with uh, Ukraine or whatever that crap going on over there, they can come up with an agreement. I think it's by May 28th. Yeah. I think he can line up on our on our line. So. Hopefully he can line up. I mean, you know, you hate to see an individual be punished due to something that's happening halfway across the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully he's able to line up and hopefully, you know, he's able to, to, to race. And hopefully, hopefully, you know, in bigger picture, obviously, hopefully, hopefully that conflict is resolved right. soon because um, nobody wants to see that stuff going on. Yeah. But uh, if, if all those guys line up with our guys, dude, it's going to be a crazy outdoor season. I hope to see Hurlings and I hope, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure we'll see Cairoli. I think Hurlings is like a 50-50 decision. Every day that goes by that we haven't heard an official announcement. I think it's going to be up to KTM. To... I think it's up to KTM. The be... thing is with KTM is I feel like their season it has been abysmal it is. to it's what they're typically used to. They're typically used to at their minimum having a having a One rider in the championship conversation right. and this year that's not been the case well, so supercross has been what one rider and that's marvin yeah and marvin's not riding outdoors right and i have a feeling cooper's not riding outdoors very possible even though he did come back but he might take the outdoors off so and then what's going on with ap is he going to be able to ride outdoors i think he's going to be out okay for outdoors you but know, so so are you going to is ap who is currently hurt is he going to be mm-hmm. your lone horse for outdoors yeah so that's something that's going to be have to, to decide to decided. Hurlings has already missed too many rounds for the GP series to win it. So it would make sense for him to come over here. Um, hmm. No caller ID. No caller ID. I wonder if that's. I don't think so. Okay. All good. Sorry, I have guys. his number. I'll call him oh, back. Okay. As soon as, <laughs> if it is him. If it is him. All right. Yeah. Because he's right on time. So that might be. <laughs> but I didn't give him my number. Oh. 
So we're going to be getting, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give Josh Koscheck a call and we're going to get him on the line and talk some full gas sprint enduros. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I don't hear it. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Josh. Yes. Hey, it's Rodney Cooper and uh, Brandon Whitehair from the Split Line Show. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking our call, man. Yeah, no problem, man. I appreciate it. Um, I'm on kind of a uh, – I'm in the middle of, like, nowhere, basically, Goldsboro, North Carolina. So <laughs> um, I don't know if we're live yet, but I need to probably call you from a different number. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Fine. We are live. Um, but uh, if you just want to give me a call back at this at this number, uh, just whenever you're able to. Yeah, I'm going to call you in two seconds because this phone I know is going to cut out, and then uh, I don't want to be like that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Uh, no, 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 I'm going to call you in, in two seconds. All right. All right sounds, sounds good, good, man. Thank you. It's ringing right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. All right. How's it going, Josh? Good, yourself? Oh, great, man. That actually sounds way better audio already. We appreciate it. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. We, we can hear you. Can you hear us well? Awesome. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so, man, uh, thanks for coming on the show today. Uh, I mean, it's not very often that we get to have people on the show that uh, that uh, is in the same passion that we are with Dirt Bike Worlds and is, um, you know, I grew up watching you uh, fight in the UFC, so it's really cool getting a chance to talk to you. Yeah, no, I, uh, it's kind of cool to, to talk about dirt bikes. So, yeah. <laughs> UFC's, UFC's in the past. We're we're full gas now. That's, that's right, that's, man. That's right, man. That's right, man. So, uh, so. yeah, man. Um, it, you know, new owner of the series, and and it's been a uh, uh, you know a, a really crazy endeavor for you to 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 get into this uh, world and being a series promoter. Um, uh, talk us through a little bit of the decision to 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 get into it like this. Um, I you know I bought a property in. Uh, oxford north carolina and i was like you know what maybe i'll just host some races um you know and, and then uh, obviously i tried to buy the series right when it when he announced it in 2020 or whatever it was um you know but uh but long, long story short that didn't work out there was too much drama going on so i bowed out so i bought a property in oxford and i was like you know maybe i should just host some races or something you know let me call hooper because I know that he's he's dealt with AMA and how how is it to deal with them and and I said you know what let's call him up so I called him up and I said all right Hooper I, I may want to put on a put on a uh, some races at a property I own and um, you know he's like yeah maybe you know I mean here's you know here's my experience this is what I did blah 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 with AMA and um, you know I said okay cool I said well what are you gonna do with full gas and he goes he goes um, I don't know probably just keep it. I said, what, you're going to put a freaking grape tombstone over that thing? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, let's get that thing back up and running. He goes, no, I don't, I don't want to do it. And I was like, well, uh, that's why maybe I, maybe I want to do it. I was like, I was like, send me your, send me your, send me what you want for it. And, uh, we, we talked for about a couple, you know, a couple weeks, um, back and forth. I, I thought it was a dead deal there for a while again. And, and then out of the blue, I just said, you know, I'm going to text him and say, hey, what's the status? Are we doing this deal or not? You know, I mean, I, I submitted you an offer. Here it is. Um, 
take it. You know what I mean? Let's get this thing going. And I, I, I told him my vision of what I wanted to do. Um, and pretty much, you know, he's like, yeah, that's a good deal. Let's do it. Um, you know, and here we are, uh, round three already completed waiting, uh, for our mid mid season of our six round series, um, break. And, uh, you know, we're heading into the iconic, uh, hidden Valley golf course. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, every time there's been a race there, it's been sold out. So I'm going to tell people now they better get online and sign up now because, Quite honestly, uh, we changed it to only allow 200 and 200 riders. So we can have 200 uh, 400 riders total uh, on the adult, amateur, and, and pro day. I think we're gonna we're gonna push push the numbers high on that. So um, you know, so my suggestion is is that people get online now and and get signed up because uh, you know we're only taking 200 because the format that we have and the amount of miles that we run uh, to get everybody an hour and 20 plus minutes. Um, you know, or, or relatively close to an hour and 20 minutes, we have, we have to limit, we have to cap it. Right. You know? Um, so it, it kind of sucks to do that, but you know, it's the, it's the format that we run and, and, um, you know, I think that, uh, um, you know, people better get online and, and get signed up now because the spots are filling up. Oh yeah, Brandon, you signed up? Not yet. I, I'm, I'm, me and you we're, getting, we're going to sign up. We, we've already been to the first three. We're going to make yeah. it to the fourth one, and especially it says it's the closest yeah. one to us. So, um, yeah. Also, Josh, this weekend, uh, uh, or this, the next one is. Um, I know you didn't mention it, but I know the youth riders are actually going to run Saturday and Sunday, right? Yeah, they're going to get. Uh, you know, we have since it's a it's a pretty big weekend. You know, it's a holiday weekend, four day weekend. We figured. You know what? Let's try to something new, um, and we're gonna let the kids run actually 12 tests. So, um, you know, so that's gonna be pretty a uh, pretty good uh, test for the little guys. You know, to to run uh, Saturday and Sunday, youth will run 12 tests. Um, you know, we're looking at some other ideas. Um, you know, I, I'm possibly going to do a uh, pit bike race, uh, pit bike full gas uh, sprint enduro on Saturday evening. I'm not sure yet. Uh, I just working with the web people and you know because our system is very complex um you know on the back end of signing up and things like that so it, it's going to be even a challenge to do the two day because we've we've now changed our whole back system for a one day one one day event mm. you know so uh we're we're gonna have to figure out the logistics on that to, to make it happen um you know, and hopefully that we'll be able to total both points for the day and, and make that count as uh, one full weekend of racing. So, um, you know, I mean, there's like I said, the, the pit bike would, we're, we're thinking very hard about doing because I think it'd be something cool to have a sprint or a pit bike race. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we haven't announced it or anything. I guess we're announcing it now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're we're looking at it very hard. Um, you know, we're looking at some other things to just kind of you know, make it a fun full weekend. So people, if they do want to come and, and ride the whole weekend, they can. Um, we're also looking at potentially having a class like a trail riders class that can ride Saturday and Sunday. Um, so you could get 20 tests in if you, if you desire, uh, to race both days, but you'd have to race. Uh, if you race on Saturday, the trail riders, you'd have to race on Sunday. We're looking at that as well, just to kind of have, make it to where people can spend the whole weekend with us, uh, up in in Valley. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 that, the place is beautiful and it's all, like I was telling everybody before you came on, it's a golf course, it, it, you know, yeah. it, so if you ever want to ride on a golf course, it's the best, best place to go try it out. Um, 
so I actually had a couple of people uh, message me about it. And they're like, hey, you need to ask Josh, are we going to, they want to know if we can see some more jumps on the, on, <laughs> on the motocross part. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> at Hidden Valley, you know, there's going to be some, obviously some T-box jumps. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to look at our, our, you know, data. If you go and you look at our data on the riders, uh, our biggest class is 50 plus C, 50 plus B. Um, you know, our 60 riders, they don't want to be jumping jumps. Right. I mean, full gas, full gas isn't about who could jump the furthest. You know, <laughs> if you want to do that, you go do supercross and motocross, you know? Yeah. It's about, it's, it's about, you know, a, a single track, you know, that you go and you go fast on. Right. You know, so, uh, for, for us, you know, there's, we've, we've been putting in a couple of jumps. I mean, GTR, there was a couple of yeah. jumps in there. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I think maybe there was a couple in, uh, in the, uh, um, South Carolina one that we did there at GTR. Um, Outback definitely had some, some mm-hmm. jumps. And then, uh, I believe there was one or two in, uh, um, up in, uh, Lake Sugar Tree. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it's not about jumping. Um, you know I mean? To me, I mean, you're just asking for, you know, a disaster uh, yeah, insurance, right. in, insurance liability right. um, goes up even more. I mean, obviously, we have a great insurance company through the AMA, but still, you know, you just don't want to see people ruining their season um, and getting possible, oh. fast as possible, but but safe as possible. I mean, we spend uh, almost seven days straight. You know, there's four or five people setting up these tracks, and we're we're picking, you know, little sticks off the off the sides of the track and clearing things back just to make it so people aren't, you know, coming up on something like, for example, a pile of leaves, and you don't know what's under those leaves. Right. You know. So, um, so we do a good. We try to do our best to make the tracks safe as possible, fun, flowy, and and fast. Yeah. No, they've been fun, man. Uh, like I said, we've done, I've done all three and they've been like, just like that. And that's one reason I really, there's two reasons I really chose your series was the one day event, you know, cause it works yeah. for my work schedule and, and, and we're able to travel and not have to take a bunch of days off work. And the other was so far, the tracks have been fun. They've been fast. They, you know, they're, they're good for everybody. Um, even if you're an advanced rider or a, a beginner rider. So that, that's what's really cool about them. Yeah, I mean we've we've only literally have had one complaint on our tracks the whole year, um, and it was one email, and I had to congratulate them and say, you know, I was like, hey, congratulations, you're the first complaint on our track with an email. Um, he didn't leave, you know, his name or anything, but he said that our our enduro in, uh, enduro track at Lake Sugar Tree was too switchback and too turny. I said, well, hell, your, your dirt bike has a freaking steering wheel. You know what I mean? Like, put your foot up and turn. Right. You know, that, that's, what it's, that's what it's about. Yeah, that's part of the fun. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, like, fly into a turn and put your foot up. And, you know, obviously early on, on the amateur day, the track isn't, I don't believe the track is as good as it is on the pro day. It is. Uh, yeah. Because the, li- the lines aren't broken in like they need to. Like, when I ride it, I mean, I'm out there testing on it, and I'm like, man, this track, is this going to even be good? Because my times are crappy because there's no lines. I can't put my foot up in the in the turns because, you know, there's nothing to stick to. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's it's still fun, but I like to always, like, try to at the end of the race or go back a couple weeks later and ride the actual same loop. 
<laughs> so I can get so I can get some you know to see how fun it was. Really. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what me and my nephew we race were like. You know, we like it that the amateurs are on Saturday because we ain't get the track isn't as rough. But then we're like yeah. the lines kind of suck. So there's you get you get uh, both. You get like oh. Like that's nice, but oh man, that this would be nice to have a, a nice rut or a good line to come through here. So, um, so uh, the other thing is, is um, so how do like do you do you um, the series seems like it's picking up pretty good. Um, how long? I don't want to put a time on it, but like, how long do you think it would take to get to get back to where you were, like the rebuilding process? Well, um, I have a three-year plan for full gas right now. Uh, I haven't looked any very much further than that um you know so you got to think about the pro riders they sign deals uh and their contracts usually last about two to three years with with a particular um pro pro like for example um if i was going to go sign with yamaha my deal would be three years Mm -hmm. for two to three years you know typically so um you know hopefully these guys will start putting the full gas into their contracts when they negotiate renegotiate Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously, because a lot of the, the, the riders love the one-day event mm-hmm. um, because they're already doing, they're already traveling so much to GMCCs, National Enduros, and all these other series that they do. And it's like, hey, if I can go and make the same amount of money as you can in GMCC, and, and, and it's only one day, 10 tests, and, you know, I can, I can get there and get home in the same day, why not do it? You yeah. Know? So um so yeah i mean obviously we're working on contingency deals for 2023 um i'm gonna have three new locations in 2023 that have never been raced in full gas and three existing i don't know which three existing ones we're gonna have yet um but i'm still in the works of looking for new venues uh i want to make it new venues every year and kind of you know obviously add in uh, some different flavors uh of tracks so um you know, if there's any other tracks out there, if people want to, you know, send my way, put it into full gas and comments and, and, and let us know where we can, where we can hold host the full gas. So, uh, Lake Sugar Tree, quite honestly, was uh, about 140 acres. It was very, it was very tight on the Enduro mm. side for us. Yeah. Um, but we worked with the land and I thought we put on an amazing course there. Yeah. So, yeah. It was good. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And one of the things you mentioned was the fact that the contingencies that you guys pay and how they're like really comparable to what they're making at GNCC when they're they're there all weekend. And it's it's awesome to see a series that that you're you're able to and and wanting to help the pro riders, um, you know, further and better their lives in this sport because you know, you know that's their job and and a lot of times these guys are are you know far underpaid than than what they should be and uh, it, so it's cool to see a series stepping up in that category as well. Yeah, we, you know, um, the probably the first series to offer year-end bonuses up and, and put it out there, mm-hmm. right. you know. So, um, you know, for me, it's it's I, if I could, you know, obviously we got we I took this thing over October seventh, and basically that's what I mean. I took it over is basically I went and picked up the trailer, um, picked up, you know, all the equipment, and I didn't know anything. You know, what I mean, I was like, how the hell am I going to operate this stuff? <laughs> you know, so. Um, I had to scramble to to even put on a season in 2022, right. um, because I didn't have any sponsorship deals. I had I had no clue on 
how to run the, operate the, the website, the back end on the website. I had no clue how to, you know, um, basically register and sign people up for the race. Um, you know, I had no clue on any of that. Um, you know, thank God I had some, you know, uh, hours uh, in our contract for Hooper to, to support me to figure out, hey, what this person can do, this person can do. But I went out and rehired, you know, um, a bunch of uh, special operators for, you know, the soft community. So retirees and, and active duty guys that are active duty right now, um, you know, to, to support because they understand how to perform under pressure. And, you know, obviously hosting a race like this, you know, you got to perform under pressure. You know, if the, someone's transponder doesn't work, what do you do? We have, we, you know, what we, we have a backup to a backup. So, you know, we have somebody handwriting down times as you go across the thing. We have obviously the transponder and then we have a video camera. You know, the first round, you know, uh, Ben Nelko, he, his transponder didn't beep or actually Evan Smith, one of them didn't, didn't beep. And so we went to the backup system and got his time to the, to the dot, you know, to the tenth. Um, you know, so, you know, that's kind of where, what we've put implemented in place. But like I said, we, we, I have operators, you know, that are, that are basically, uh, you know, supporting this whole effort. So it's been, it's been pretty amazing to have them on board, uh, a great staff all the way down to the track builders. Um, you know, obviously I help on every aspect of it. So uh, it's it's kind of a lot of work, and I don't think anybody would realize or know uh, how much work goes into uh, putting on one of these races. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's an insane amount of work. And, and, you know, the backup systems that you have for transponders and everything that you've said that you, you guys are doing, I mean, that's stuff that you, you typically see people doing stuff like that with their fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth year into – into running a series and to see you operating it in such a awesome manner and really kind of having it, you know, dialed in. And then if something isn't dialed in, you have a backup system for it uh, this early in your tenure with the series. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we, I like to be, you know, obviously spot on on anything I do. Um, a lot of people in this industry don't really know me. Um, pretty ADD when it comes to, you know, getting things done, um, you know, and having it right. So yeah. um, it's just one of the things when you want to be uh, a professional and you want to, you know, put on a, a great event, you got to have everything in place. Mm-hmm. And that's what we kind of did. Um, you know, we did about three tests uh, before our first round. We went out and we tested the equipment a couple of times and then we went to my house uh, set everything up inside and did some tests. Um, but, you know, like I said, it, this isn't anything to do with me. I just, only thing I did was put a team together. Yeah. Um, you know, the team, the team is, is knocked it out of the park. Uh, you know, pretty much now on Sundays at the races, we pretty much, you know, announce the, the, the pro riders and then it's like everybody just goes. We don't even really need anybody at the standing at the, uh, <laughs> At the starting line, you yeah. know, of the enduro or the cross. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. Now, obviously, on the amateur day and the kids' day, these not those knuckleheads. You, <laughs> that's probably you guys. You knuckleheads <laughs> run through our banner three hundred times. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like alter the course, and before you know it, our stakes are knocked over. Our, I'm just like, oh my god. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, stay between. Right on your white is on your right stay in between the daggone banner you know? <laughs> if they let me just say this 
if you knuckleheads knew how how hard it was to pound 1500 steaks 1500 plus steaks uh, you know sometimes in the rain you're you're your knucklehead butts would stay between the lines. That's for sure. That's funny. Oh, yeah. We have a uh, a local hair scramble series that sponsors our show, and uh, it's fu- it's funny you mentioned that because he was on the show. Uh, what was it? Uh, a couple weeks ago. A, a yeah. couple weeks ago, and he was saying like, as far as field sections go. He doesn't understand how you guys do it with all the stakes and everything. He was like, give me like like a, ha- a dozen hay bales because I know that they can't cut through hay bales. <laughs> <laughs> like big round bales. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a total pain in the butt, but it's part of owning the series, you know? Yep. I'm, I'm uh, sure. <laughs> so, so, big question. Um, well, the quad guys want to know when their race is coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I... <laughs> I, I've got a promoter that's been calling me every week. He wants to do a, win, a fall slash winter series with full gas, and he's like, "You don't have to do anything." I said, "You're wrong, bro." I was <laughs> like, "I was like, no, I do have to do." There's so much that you don't even see that we do every stinking day, you know, to, to promote, to run in the back end. There's web people involved. It's like I was like, "Yeah, you, you know, I'd love to." I'd love to make it easy for you and just say, here you go. But it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, uh, if I want to be divorced and then, you know, obviously, um, I would say let's do six more rounds or 10 more rounds. Um, but I don't want to go down that path. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, right now we got a three year plan. We're going to build, build this thing back up, you know, at six. My goal is to continue doing six rounds. I think it's a sweet spot. It's not too many. Um, it's not overkill, especially what there's, a, you know, obviously there's another series out there that does the same thing that we do mm-hmm. or similar to what we do. So um, I don't want to muddy the water uh, more than what we are. I think six is a great season, um, you know, and, and obviously um, it gives people a, a taste of what's to come in the future. So like yeah. I said, I have a three-year plan. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do, we'll reevaluate where full gas is in three years and then we'll, we'll, we'll figure out how to, to make improvements and, and do things. So, um, you know, we're listening to the riders. We, we get comments all the time and, and we make adjustments right or left when needed be. But, um, you know, I, it, it's this, this, uh, off-road racing, uh, really truly reminds me of, of the old days of, of MMA in the UFC. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a select few of people that make money. And the riders don't make crap. Um, and that's how it was in, in the old days in the UFC. Um, you know, there was only one organization that made money, and that was the, the organization, the UFC. Uh, the riders, you know, is take it or leave it. And, you know, um, my goal is to drive the, the, the value for the riders up. Um, I think it's – I think it would be a uh, the right thing to do. Um, you know, obviously I, I get into this – uh, I didn't start this business or take full gas over uh, to lose money, but you know I wanna I wanna give money back to the riders, um, yeah. you know, and that's that's my main goal is to grow, help grow their purses and make it easier for them to do what they love because this sport truly is old school. Um, you know, there's select groups that that um, uh, I guess select groups that that haven't changed for a long, long time. And it's time to take this. It's 2022. Let's let's get these guys paid. Yeah. Right. Um, let's get let's get them for what what they're worth. 
and you know let's let's grow this thing but it also is it, you know obviously full gas need, it depends upon other riders coming and riding our event too to help mm-hmm. pay these guys more money mm-hmm. right um so if the amateur riders don't show up then you know obviously it affects it hurts that promoter so um so it's 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 a catch-22 um you know me but you know, the sponsors are great because, you know, that money can go help, help, help pay their purses. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, there's a lot of things I, I think that can pr- improve in the off-road community. Um, am I the guy to do it? Eh, who knows? You know, <laughs> I'll try, you know, I'll, I'll try to push the envelope to make these guys make more money. Um, just because I think that's the right thing to do because I was yeah. in their shoes as, as a young MMA fighter. You know, and this was my desire. This is my dream to go in there and compete and make money. Um, you know, and if you go in there and compete and, and you don't really make any money, what's the point of going in there and competing? Yeah, you know? yeah, you're so. right. And your take on that is 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 really refreshing because what I like about what you're saying is 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 you you came from a different world and and like you said earlier in the show a lot of these uh a high majority of the people that are in this racing community have been in it since pretty much birth right brandon right so it's it's cool to see you coming in and bringing an outside perspective on that situation and particularly the money situation um with the riders and 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 you know we see it we talk about it as well on the show about how we feel that they need to be paid more they're worth more you know they're out, they're the ones out there risking their their life <laughs> for for you know to to, to make a, a a life for themselves doing what they love so you know hearing you talk about that and how you how you appreciate that because it's kind of a lot like where you came from um, in MMA uh, it, it's just really cool. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably be blackballed. Full gas will probably be blackballed by the end of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> but, I, but I, but I don't really care. You yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just speaking my mind, and if you don't like it, it's you know, hey, don't don't come to full gas, you know. But uh, I'm I'm going to put on badass shows, you know, badass tracks, um, and I can tell you this: it'll be you'll have consistency um, when you show up at a full gas. If we say the start time is 8 a.m., guess what? You better be there because the start time's at 8 a.m. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We our, our events, in the, out of the three events that we've put on, they've only been off. One event has been off by five minutes at the end of it because we had uh, a, somebody tear down uh, about a mile of banner mm. uh, at the first event. So, um, you know, so if you come to Full Gas, you're going to get consistency. You're going to get a great track. Uh, well, two great tracks, and then you're going to get uh, starting on time. So every 30 minutes, you will be lined up. The pros will be taking off for 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 the next test, and we we stick to that. And you know, it's 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 like clockwork. Oh, yep. hey, it's uh, 11 o'clock. Let's go. 11:30, go. 12 o'clock, go. 12:30, go. 1 o'clock, go. All the way until 4 o'clock. 4:30, last ones roll out. Done. 10 tests hour to hour and 25 minutes of riding time plus for the pros you know we've had some some people get two hours and 14 two hours and 30 minutes yeah 
Yeah, I mean, trust me, uh, I don't even go back to the truck. Uh, I have my wife bring a water, and I just kind of, like, find this place to put my bike, and I just chill up by the starting line. <laughs> yeah. Because they just keep yep. rolling, man. You guys keep it rolling, and that's what's awesome about it. You're not, it's not, you're there all day, but you're, it doesn't feel like you're there for three days. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And, our, you know, I did full gas. Uh, the only full gas I ever did is the Hidden Valley Golf Course. Uh, right before it, he closed it down in 2020, I was like, "Oh my God, I can't wait till 2021. I'm going to do all these full gases. This thing's awesome." Yep. And and it, what it did for me is it helped me work on my sprint speed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Cause I'm my, you know, my cross test sucks. It's horrible. <laughs> um, you know, it, I'm better in the in the woods because I I do a lot more riding there, but." I was like, okay, I'm going to train for this thing. I'm going to do it. And then he did the announcement and I was like, oh my God, that's horrible. And that's obviously when everybody was trying to buy it, you know, all the drama went on with the other guy, um, you know, uh, and hopefully, uh, Tyler, you know, will, will come out the box on that one and, and have some, some people on there that can really open up the light on that. Because I, I think that there's more to be told than what's out there. And I'm not saying anything, but I'll let Tyler and, and those other people do all the talking. I was an innocent standby guy <laughs> on the on the backside, and I was like, "Hey, I will partner. I will put this much money up. Here it is." I was like, "You guys figure it out." And you know, obviously, that all fell through, and and then I had to wait a year, obviously, to to pull it off. And you know, things things calmed down and. Full gas. If I didn't pull full gas out right this year, uh, you would have put a tombstone over it, and it would have been done. You would have never had another full gas. You may have had one, but it would have never been as successful as it is has it been this year so far. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. What was good about it is, is you brought it back with it when it was in really recent memory. So, you know that that year off, I think just made people crave it more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially, yeah. Well, so. We really appreciate it because that's that's one of our main series we're running this year um, as a family. So we we really appreciate it. we really enjoy those races and uh, we really appreciate you taking the taking the reins on it. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, like I said, it's a it's a team effort. You know, I mean, I just was the guy that had the vision of it, making it, and you know, made the deal happen, and 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 I put a lot of good people around me. So, um, you know, but. Uh, uh, I'm like I said, I, I have a three year plan for it and then we're going to reevaluate in three years. Uh, my goal is to do six rounds each year. Um, I'd love to do more than that, but man, I'll tell you the, setting these courses up in the amount of time that you have and, and the things that you have going on in life, I have a seventh month old, so a newborn basically, <laughs> um, you know, I have another business that's very successful that, you know, obviously, um, I have to take time away from that, you know, uh, to, to do the full gas. I don't need full gas, um, but I believe that full gas needed me, you right. know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am so busy in my life. I have no time for anything other than, you know, work, family, and work. Uh, I don't work out very much anymore. Um, although I did buy an Aerodyne this week and I started doing a couple of those like 30 minute workouts that I have this <laughs> I used to do. Um, you know, but I, I don't like ride my dirt bike that much. Um, you know, and I've sacrificed big time to have full gas and I can understand why Hooper only had it for the amount of years he did. He needed to take a break and get out of it because people don't understand how freaking hard 
it is setting up these courses and, and how much time goes into promoting. So any promoter out there, I have mad respect for that promotes any any type of, of off-road racing event. They get it. They understand how hard it is to do. And, I, and listen, I've been known to like not complain about hard work, and, and I'll never complain about how hard it is. Um, I'm just telling people that it is very difficult to put on one of these races. There's a lot of effort and a lot of time, and I can understand why Hooper needed to take a break from it. You know, right. um, so you know, for me, it's it's obviously it, it takes away from you know things in my life. You know, but uh, uh, it's a sacrifice I made, it's a decision I made, um, and I'll find time to make it successful, and that's my goal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of I'm a guy that that basically came from you know nothing in Waynesburg, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, my, you know, my grandfather, rest in peace, grandpa, but, you know, I, at one point I was talking to him, you know, as a high school, senior high school. And, you know, I said, Hey, uh, pap, I was like, you know, my buddy Lowell, you know, he, he's, his parents are paying for him to go to school. He's, I was like, where do I get to go to school? And he goes, he see, he looks me in the eyes. He goes, shit, boy, you look (laughs) around here. And I go, yeah, I see. He goes, you look around again. He says, we're broke. You ain't going to school. <laughs> I ain't paying for you to go to school. He says, you better get a scholarship or you're going to the Army. You know, so so for me, you know, I mean, I, anything I've ever done is 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 a testament to how hard I'm willing to work for mm-hmm. something. So, um, you know, coming from Waynesburg, Pennsylvania, I was a runner up in, in, in uh, uh, high school wrestling. You know, became a four-time All-American National Champ Division One wrestler, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Went to the UFC, fought for the title against George St. Pierre, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. had had a mediocre, you know, ending of my career um, just because I was just like, shit, huh, got to keep fighting until they keep paying me. They're paying, <laughs> much, they're, they're paying me too much to do this. So, you know, cl- keep collecting those checks, you know, obviously I trained hard every fight, never took a day off, right. you know, I mean, type of thing. But but it's it's there's a couple things that my grandfather instilled in me. Uh, it's it's. Never let grass go under your feet and the hard work pays off. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, that's words of wisdom for sure. And uh, speaking of your collegiate career, uh, Doug Kirk, a listener of our show and also um, a sponsor of our show, uh, mentioned that he was a fellow alumni of uh, where you went to school. So he said he remembered watching you wrestle in college. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah so hey josh you know we won't take up any more of your time man obviously we we really appreciate your time tonight and coming on the show and um hey i think the uh, six round series i like that sweet yep. spot as well i think brandon for you it, yep. it's not a huge commitment yeah as far as oh, like it's, your, it's, it's a big commitment i mean it's, it's a big commitment <laughs> but but you know when you're looking at other series that that right. run for almost the full year, year right you know, this is something that's manageable and manageable to a to a working family like yourself. So right. um, I, I like that, too. I think, Josh, I think it's a sweet spot as well. And, uh, hey, we're excited to see what's coming in the three-year plan for Full Gas. Awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, look forward to seeing you at the Iconic. And I say Iconic because it always sells out. So Iconic Hidden Valley, May 28th and 29th. Get your butts on the Full Gas Sprint Enduro. Sign up because it's going to sell out. That's right. I'll be there. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, Josh, we're going to let you go, man. Uh, Again, appreciate your time, buddy, and uh, we'll talk to you down the road. All right. Cheers, guys. All right, right, later. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's pretty cool, man. Hearing the story and, and yeah. he started to get hearing at the end there, like, you know, where he came from and, and, uh, what really instilled the work and, uh, you know, how, where he got his work from his work ethic. Yeah. You know, uh, like, you know, I, he, he didn't want to talk too much about his UFC career, right. but man, it was so cool seeing him, um, uh, come from that world and into this world, mm-hmm. uh, of moto and, and racing. And, and, uh, I really, really like the fresh, outlook that he has going into owning a series because like we've said before brandon like everybody that's in that's in this game is a lifer in this game and you don't often see somebody cross jump from from a from a different discipline Mm -hmm. to to what we have now and to be able to do that and then bring fresh ideas and bring like hey you know it doesn't have to be like this you know it was right. like this over here right. uh you know 20 years ago in in the fighting game and that's what i see over here uh in the in the dirt bike industry so it's cool to see and i really really enjoy his perspective yeah that's that's a really cool perspective because we always have that talk all the time that these guys i mean they make good decent money but they should be making great money and um and, and, and the only guys that are making decent money are the, are the top guys. Um, I, I would say anybody below the top five is probably uh, uh, trying to make ends meet every each and every week if yeah. you're just a full-time racer. Yeah, and, so. you know, like we, we had Brendan Poling in, right. in last, last weekend – or last week, I'm sorry. And he is a perfect example of somebody that eats, sleeps, and breathes this sport. And – works his tail off to try to make a living at it and, and be able to do it for, um, more than just fun. And, uh, it's cool to see. I feel like, you know, if you start at the top, everything's going to trickle down as far as money goes, as far as sponsorships go, Mm -hmm. as far as being able to sufficiently operate your life around your craft and you know to some to a lot of these guys this is their craft this is this is their work this is what they're good at you know they they do this on a on a day-to-day basis and they work just as hard as as you know anybody that goes and does a normal job and then ended up going and a lot of them have normal jobs as well work either 40 hours a week or or they find odd jobs is to get them through the week yeah. or get gas to get to the gas yeah. uh, to get to the racetrack. And yeah. This, this sport is as grassroots as it gets. Yes. It really is. And, um, and I think that is also one of the things that makes this sport so popular is because a lot of these riders is just like you and me. Um, they, they, they work hard during the week and they get ready for, for the race week at the end of the yeah. day. And then, uh, speaking of our next caller, coach Rob will be coming on. And, uh, to where reason I was putting this up there was, you know, they got to put hours and fitness in too. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. And it's a really good segue to talking to coach Rob because, you know, uh, as Josh was talking just a few minutes ago, he's not been able to work out that much. Right. And, and he's just now trying to get back into, to working out. Uh, I'm sure he's in insane. Yeah. He did. He doesn't he, look, he doesn't yeah, look out I'm of sure shape. His out of shape is not yeah. nearly like our out of shape. The, the first time I ever <laughs> saw him was, uh, the, at the first race and he was, uh, running on it and getting on a bike and, and taking off and, and, um, and trying to yeah. get to the pizza man that was bringing lunch for his guys. And he was just running everywhere, you know? So yeah, he's, he's not. Yeah. So, shape, so we're going to get coach Rob on the phone. Um, if any of you guys, we have questions that we have that you guys listed out to ask him, we're going to try to ask as many as we can. If, if you, you guys have any questions, uh, that you want to ask and you didn't get a chance to hit up, hit us up on the post, make sure you, 
list those in the comments section, and we will try to get to as many as we can. Coach Rob um, is a person that is full of information. So if I were you guys, I would get a pen and paper out and get ready to take some notes because, because this is going to be good. Um, you know, if it's anything like, like the last time that we had him on, uh, you know, the man is full of information and he's a huge fan of the show too. So that's that's (laughs) awesome as well. It's always good. (laughs) Good evening guys. How are you? Hey coach Rob, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for the call. Absolutely, yeah. man. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, man, it's been, Brandon and I were talking before the show started, and uh, it's hard to believe it's been actually a while since we've, we we had you, you on uh, previous, so we're pumped to have you on again. Thank you so much, man. It is, it's funny, we were just talking in our staff meeting. I can't believe we're getting ready to look at the beginning of April next week. We're like, what? Or excuse me, the beginning of May. It's like, (laughs) say what? You know, we were just talking about Q1 being over, and now the first month of Q2 is already behind us. Right. and uh, It's crazy. I'll tell you what, man. You've been busy. You've been overseas, and and, uh, you've been over in the the States, back in the States. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, tis the season, right? No, it's (laughs) – we're very thankful. We kind of have a joke in our office. We've been doing this since 87, and – it's it's kind of crazy because you plant a lot of seeds over the years. You just never know which one's going to really take off. And we're very, very blessed. It's it, All of the seed seems to, seems to have grown and sprouted in one way or another. So uh, we're actually heading over to the U.K. the uh, last week in May, and we'll be there for almost 10 weeks. We'll be giving presentations to everything from off-road uh, they're actually doing an off-road event at the base of a castle up in northern Scotland. Wow. And, yeah, we were – I don't know if you guys remember uh, Kevin Murray from Scotland. He's got eight gold medals uh, at the ISVE. Okay. And, say that name sounds familiar. <laughs> yes, sir. So he started a company called Ride Scotland, and he's doing a two-wheel festival tied in with a off-road race that's going to go on for literally three complete days. They're expecting almost 4,000 motorcycles. Wow. So I've got a couple presentations in a performance camp there. Uh, we're going to start actually in the southern part and make our way all the way north to Scotland. Then we jump over to Ireland. Uh, one of the MXGP tracks in Ireland is having us do a performance camp there. Then we go back to London, do another presentation. Then we go to Amsterdam, and then we come back. So a pretty busy schedule. We're actually speaking at grass track, flat track, off-road, and moto. So a pretty good portfolio of, of listeners. So very, very blessed to be able to do that. And then we come back and go straight to Loretta's. And along the lines, we got to keep this uh, GNCC machine rolling for, uh, <laughs> for our riders here. <laughs> You're right. And uh, speaking of one of your riders, man, Mike has been looking – great this year uh, he was looking good last year a- after the break but he seems like uh you're, he came you got... out on fire this year for sure yeah, yeah uh, thank you very much and and i can't take any credit for it all i can do is is guide the beast in the belly you know he's you guys have been around him enough to know he's very very quiet he's a very nice person but super fierce competitor uh, he's a fantastic student and I don't want that to come across as condescending. Mike likes to learn. Mike mm-hmm. likes to ask a lot of questions. Um, when he questions something, he's not trying to be belligerent. He really sincerely wants to know. And I say this with every single athlete I ever work with, whether they're on a 65, whether they're on an 85 like Kate Nash, or they're a vet rider like Dave Youngless, 
the bottom line is I need to make sure that they, I need to earn their trust. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Yes, I've worked with Charlie Mullins. I've worked with Luke and Ben Parsons. I've worked with Chris Bach. I've worked with Roman Brown. If those names matter to you, that's great. They're great people. We had great results together. The difference is, is I have to earn the trust of every athlete. And that includes Mike Witowski. You know, he's kind enough to tr in allow me to be a part of his journey, a sincere part of his career. I take it very seriously. And uh, he listens. He asks a lot of questions. And I know it's a repetitive comment, but mm -hmm. I really want the listeners to understand that guy is a true student of the sport. And I don't mind telling you guys, you know, when we when we started 2022, we had cleaned up a lot of things during the off season. But the thing that we're really focusing on, and this is me, the physiologist, I'm always looking at Mike's times and comparing them. You know, how do we compare when we look at Ben Cali? How do we look at Ashburn or Bollinger? Because it's not if we're going there. We know we're going there. Mm -hmm. And that's not any disrespect to the XC2 class. But I, it doesn't matter if I'm working with an 85 rider. I always tell the parents, we need to make sure that you're strong enough for that transition to the 125 and so forth and so on. And that doesn't always go over very well because if you have an athlete that has not hit puberty yet, yes, they by the time they go to that bigger bike, puberty will have kicked in. But there's got to be a sense of patience, which a lot of the parents are not big fans of. <laughs> so they're like, you're not smashing my client or my 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 uh my child or my rider, my racer, whatever adjective they give them. And I have to politely part ways. I can't give you what you want. I have to give your athlete what they need. And again, that doesn't always go over very well, but that's what Mike's done a great job with is saying, okay, what do I need to do in the next 18 months to be ready for the next 24 months? Because that's kind of the window that we're looking at as you guys know so well. Yeah. And, and what I think is really crazy is you don't, teach him how to ride you you just work with his body you just work with his fitness and his eating and nutrition you know all that stuff you don't really go out and say hey pick your elbow up right yes and no i don't <laughs> want to come across i don't want to come across the wrong way mm -hmm. you're exactly right i work on the strength the flexibility i work on the different energy systems whether it be sprint speed endurance lactate tolerance i work on the sports psychology but if I'm doing like when we go to the UK, we were in Australia quite a bit two years ago. When I do a performance camp, I do take the riders out to the track. But what I do differently is I integrate the physiology of the body against the integration of physics. I always refer to the motorcycle as a gyroscope. You can look at a quad. You can look at a, a motorcycle. It's constantly moving through a three-dimensional plane. You know, what's going on in the left and the right peg? above and below the seat, in front and behind the pegs. Well, as a human being, we move in those same three planes. What, where the danger comes in is if you're not strong enough and you don't have the right, what we call strength to flexibility ratios, mm -hmm. you're not able to do the biomechanics necessary to corner, jump, all the things that we have to do. Think about it this way. If, I, if I'm doing something to complement an existing riding coach, and there's tremendous riding coaches out there. If the riding coach is frustrated that a particular rider cannot keep their foot from dabbing in the corner, let me ask you a quick question. While you're listening, stick your right leg out off the chair that you're sitting on right now. Stick your right leg out. As you go to raise that foot, raise your, raise your leg physically off the seat that you're sitting in. And then try to hold that up for five seconds. 
as that starts to kind of kick in a little bit, let me ask you, are is the is the discomfort and the tension in the front of your hip flexor, is that the weight of lifting your leg or is it the resistance that's coming from your hamstrings that's not flexible? Mm-hmm. Hamstrings for sure. Yeah. For me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And that's what makes it really interesting is I'll talk to the riding coach, find out what their frustration with the rider is, go do an assessment. Is it a strength? Is it a flexibility? Is it a little bit of both? Is it a, a disproportionate percentage? Maybe they're overstrong by 80 and under flexible by 20. I don't know. And we have a series of assessments that we put athletes through and we do it all remotely. You know, it's, we don't have the privilege of working with everybody one-on-one. That's why I do performance camps around the world is yes, you come to one of our performance camps, I'm going to have you bring your food log and I'm going to have you bring some preliminary materials that we send to you. But what's important is at the end of the weekend, you see the, I don't want this to come across the wrong way. We've had people that have hired us and they said, Rob, you don't understand. I'm in shape. Look at me. I'm like, yeah, you look good in the mirror. You're, you're in shape. You're just not in shape to race a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. You're not in shape to race a quad. And that's where we have to earn the trust of Mike or Kate or Dave is making sure that they understand, okay, we have to address your weaknesses. And once we create and convert those weaknesses to strengths, and then we race those strengths to expose everyone else's weaknesses, now you have the upper hand. And quite frankly, that's what we've done with Mike this year, is just simply convert his weaknesses to strengths. It's not like I'm teaching him how to go fast on a dirt bike. I think that's pretty understood. (laughs) At least I hope so for the average listener that may not know me. I, I hope that people understand. I, I don't take credit for Mike's success. I just try to funnel the energy to make sure that he doesn't overtrain or undertrain. And that's where the science comes in. Heart rate, looking at his strain score, sleep cycles, and we have all the resources that do that. Anybody who's listening, the good part about it is it doesn't require any work on your behalf. All you have to do is wear a Garmin watch. And then we have an analytics division where that's all we do all day long is look at analytics. So if, if Rodney goes out and rides tonight, when he texts me and says, hey, I got done riding, I can go in and look at his average speed, his max speed, his average heart rate, max heart rate. If Brandon goes out and rides, I'm like, hey, Brandon, I need your weight before and after. How much fluid did you consume? I can calculate your sweat rate. Well, think about that. You put all that together, you wake up to morning, excuse me, you wake up tomorrow morning. If you've slept well, meaning you got two hours of deep sleep, you got five sleep cycles, you had very little wake up time. Then that tells me you absorbed the riding session that you did tonight. Now we can decide what we're going to do tomorrow. I have an outline, but that outline is going to be tweaked adjusting. Excuse me. It's going to be tweaked based on how your body adapted to what you did today. And that's what our specialty is. I'll be, I'll be blunt to the listeners. You know, we're not everybody's cup of tea because some people say it's too structured. And what I always love is when someone says, you're not pushing me hard enough. <laughs> and and it's interesting because you can talk to Mike. There's workouts that are pretty pretty rough, but we only do them when, we're, when we know for sure his body's ready to take it on, mm-hmm. and then we make sure he has enough time to actually absorb it. Some people have heard me publicly speak and say, I say it all the time, overtraining isn't how much work you can do. It's the inability to absorb the work that you did. That's really what overtraining is because if you take Mike or you take Stu, I couldn't go do the volume that they do on the bike, but that doesn't mean that Stu is overtraining. It doesn't mean that Mike's overtraining because I can't absorb that volume that they can. That's just because they've been racing longer, et cetera, et cetera. 
But to just bluntly say, okay, if somebody's training 20 hours a week off the motorcycle or the quad through overtraining is, is not an accurate statement. You could have somebody that trains six hours a week and is overtraining because they have a family, they're running a business. You know, we have other things in our lives other than riding, which sometimes gets in the way, but the bottom line is, is we have to factor that in. So it's a lot of fun in the bigger picture, but that's why I love my job. Yeah. Yeah. You, you made a lot of good comments there. Um, I actually joined your Moto E membership. Um, Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I've been getting into it and, 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 and looking and, um, and when you were talking about the workouts, I like, I'm like, man, he only wants me to be in heart rate zone two for this little bit. Like this is a workout. Like, and because I'm so like, I'm always been, I was on that big uh, fad of, hit cardio, do a lot of hit, do a lot of, uh, you know, and plus I like to work out like extra with like lift weights. Cause this is what I like, sure. to, you know, but That's on your background, yep. right. And, but the, but the other side of it was, all right, you know, I need to do hit. I need to get my heart rate up, get it high, keep it high, get it low, get it back up. And, and then I go to, you know, and see coach Rob stuff. I'm like, Hmm, man, heart rate two zone. Like, I feel like I'm barely moving. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, you're not barely moving, but you know, sure, going, sure. but it, I'll tell you what, I did one and I, in the workout, I was sweating so much. I was like, man, I was like, this is pretty, inter- pretty, pretty interesting. <laughs> well, I want the listeners to think about it. If you jump on your motorcycle, you jump on your quad and you go out and you ride it in second gear. And for the listeners, the acronym that you gave out hit it just as an acronym for high interval intensity training. So the idea here is, is your heart rate's redlining. Well, if I have you jump on your motorcycle or your quad and ride in second gear for one hour, how excessively stressed is the system versus mm-hmm. if I let you lug it in lower? Now, I'm not saying lug it like, you know, you don't know what you're doing. I'm saying keeping it in the sweet spot of the power band. It's always fascinating to me when you watch these pros, they're not bouncing off the rev limiter like the amateurs are. Mm-hmm. But yet with all the video coverage that we have and all the TV coverage that we have, if you listen to the bikes go by, they're always in the low end. Mm-hmm. Of the, and why is that? You're in that torque curve. I love motorcycle. I love anything about a motor. And I always say to people, it amazes me how the riders will go out and bounce. And even if it's a two-stroke, I know it doesn't have a rev limiter, but you know when that two-stroke is signed off and is no longer accelerating. Mm-hmm. Now, that takes some experience. Obviously, the younger riders, it's a little bit more difficult for them to pick that up. But just because the bike is making a boatload of noise does not mean the bike is actually accelerating. So if I can get you to change your mindset about the motorcycle, I'm not saying bog it and make it want to, you know, stall on you, but stop bouncing off the rev limiter because now if I need to get the front wheel up over something and I'm in the low RPM curve, I've got that torque where I can just pull back, blip the throttle and the front end comes up. And that's even on Mm a smaller bore one, you know, two stroke. Right. Now take that over to the motorcycle. The number one, excuse me, take that over the human body. The number one limiting factor when it comes to going fast and going fast for a long period of time is not anaerobic threshold. It's aerobic capacity. Because as soon as you, and this is a word that everybody's heard, but very few people understand it. As soon as you go anaerobic, you're using, you're trying to function without the presence of oxygen. Hence the word anaerobic. Everyone goes, well, duh, Rob, I get it. Well, then why do you keep trying to race at that high level? <laughs> because if you go out and we've all done it, but I always like to take it out of the context of our sport. Let's take it over to my professional runners. If I have a professional runner that goes out 
let's say, and I know these numbers may not really mean anything to the listeners, but I've got runners that can run a sub four minute mile and they can hold that for a 10 K no problem. Well, if they go out at a 345 and they blow up, they're only coming backwards because they went anaerobic. Hmm. Well, what's the difference between that and trying to finish a three-hour race and you go and smoke yourself in the first 45 minutes of a three-hour race? Which direction can you go? Further forward or are you going to come backwards? Right. Yeah. And that's what we, that's what I always try to say to the athletes is, and this applies to Mike, Kate, Dave. It would apply to Rodney or Brandon. The idea here is, is you need to be able to race at 80% effort, stay aerobic. So that way, when you put the bike down and you have to pick it back up, you stall it, you have to crank it. You give yourself a little bit of wiggle room. Now, some people listening would roll their eyes and go, that's crazy. You can't win a race at 85%. I have enough results to prove you wrong. I have enough heart rate data to prove you wrong. Not because I'm trying to be correct. I just want people to understand when you train incorrectly, it only spews over into racing incorrectly. So when you've got, and this is no dis disrespect to anybody that may own this description, but just because you worked out of a factory rig does not make you a physiologist. And, and that's the problem that we run into is everybody's an expert. Everybody's now a coach. Everybody's now a riding coach. And it's pretty scary when you think about some of these facilities that are being run with absolutely no rhyme or reason behind why we're doing what we're doing. We're just doing it because this guy's a pro he's had some previous success. And now all of a sudden he's the expert on lactate tolerance, um, anaerobic threshold, lactic acid shuffle. And you, they don't understand. And the scary part is they don't know how to evaluate when an athlete is over doing it. And then we get plagued with the, with the dreaded Epstein bar or chronic fatigue syndrome. Yep. And you guys both know what happens when you get diagnosed with that. It's you're, you're yeah, done. You're done. Yeah, yeah. You're done. Uh, can sure. he rocks? Can, can rocks? But it could be, a, but it all? could be avoided. Right. It literally 100% can be avoided. And that's where our analytics division comes in. I mean, I, I have a full-time programmer that I've worked with for over 15 years and we keep, we scrape the data behind the scenes off of the Garmin platform and we run it through 25 platforms of evaluation every hour. Now, that's what we do. And then what we do is we create what's called a C-suite report. So if Mike Witowski wants to see a synopsis of his sleep, we have a one-sheeter that we can look at. But the information that we gather comes from 16 different information pieces off of his Garmin dashboard. But he sees it as one report. <laughs> now, if Mike goes, hey, where'd you get that number from? I can show him. If he's interested, but you guys know how these pros are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're too busy. They just want to know that they've got confidence that if you guys, if you have a piece of paper, draw two circles and have them overlap ever so slightly in the middle. The circle on the left is under training. The circle on the right is over training. Mike doesn't want to be in either one of those. Mm -hmm. Mike wants to be in that overlap in the middle. That's what we call the sweet spot. And that sweet spot includes nutrition hydration, flexibility. When we say fitness, that includes sprint speed, endurance, lactate tolerance, everything. Now, my responsibility is to make sure that, and you said it yourself, I need to make sure that the workouts are hard enough for adaptation, but I got to make sure that we don't tip into overtraining and that what's not to be rhetorical here, what's the definition of overtraining? 
doing more than you can absorb. And that's the sweet spot in the middle. So Mike is very patient with me. We look at what we call a calorie gap on a daily basis. You'd be surprised at some of these calorie burn rates, like in the GNCC, we're seeing calorie burn rates of 3,000, 3,500, 4,000 calories in three hours. Think about that. That's insane. If you, if, <laughs> if you recognize that an extra large egg is 75 calories, if you're looking, let's just keep it conservative. Let's say that you burn 3,000 calories in a three-hour race, and you divide that by 75 calories, you would have to eat 40 extra large eggs to break even on the calorie expenditure. <laughs> Put that in quantified you know, numbers for the listeners. And I encourage anybody who's got a Garmin, go and look at your calorie burn rate you know, when you go do a race and then look at what, you're, what are you taking in? How are you bridging that? Because the stomach can only digest 300 calories per hour. So think about it. If you're burning 1,000 an hour and you're only able to consume 300, where does that gap of 700 come from? stored fat mm -hmm. so you better teach yourself to go aerobically because if you're aerobic you're burning a percentage of fat and sugar the higher the heart rate goes the higher the percentage of sugar well you've only got about 60 minutes of stored sugar in the body but yet you're trying to bridge a three-hour race math doesn't add up even in the snowflake math that we have today it still doesn't add up you know yep yeah pretty scary yeah it is. for sure and you know what the GNCC community um, is filled with people that work full-time jobs. It's filled with people that that have little to to almost no time for training. By the time they get their forty-plus hour work weekend, uh, maintain sure. their bikes, and not to and mention the podcast. travel time, and and do a podcast. <laughs> and yeah. coach a little and coach a little <laughs> sure. league team. Yeah, and co yeah, coach a little league team. Yep. Exactly. So, but what I'm getting at is. You know, we hear a lot of people, um, friends of ours, friends of the shows, and ourselves included, will talk about things su such as like, you know, well, I, I don't know if I did this workout correctly, or I don't know if I am doing enough, or am I doing too much, or I just need to do something. Mm -hmm. And what is great about your program is, is the fact that it kind of helps the individual take that guessing work out of it and it helps them understand that that each and every move i'm making is for a purpose and whenever you have that um security like mike mike Witkowski has mm -hmm. um when you have that security to know that you're doing the right thing to achieve what you specifically are trying to achieve uh, i think that would help you in the long run be able to make the right decisions you 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 hit the nail on the head. And what's interesting is think about it. Dave Youngless, he owns two companies, has a young family. He's exactly in the wheelhouse that you're talking about. Then I've got a Kate Nash, who's a young girl. I want to make sure that she has a long, prosperous career. If I look at Mike, I look at Kate and I look at Dave. It's still the same thing. I mean, really stop and think about it. If you're if you're trying to make sure that everything you do is the right intensity and the right duration. See, like when I put together a training schedule for an athlete, I look at how many hours a week are available, and then we break it down on what percentage is going to be aerobic and anaerobic, and we break down how much of that's going to be on the motorcycle and off the motorcycle. Now, if you've only got three hours a week because you run your own business, that's fine. We can work with three hours. Like you said, the big question is if I've only got three hours, what should I do? 
we answer that question. The lion's share of our clients are exactly that. It's the working guy. It's the working lady. The, we're very fortunate. We work with the Kilmartin team out in California. It's the works KTM gas, gas, Husky factory team. Well, think about it. By midday, Colton Eck has already gotten to the track, ridden for three hours, maybe even tested some suspension, and is back home taking a nap. I talked to Dave Youngless at little afternoon. He's been in three Monday morning meetings. He's had a product development meeting, a meeting with his accountant, and maybe he squeezed in an hour before work. The bottom line is, is both people have the same desire. Mm-hmm. Is the time that I spent training moving me towards where I want to be? And that is to be durable and, to, and you know, for the weekend warrior, they want to ride and have a good time. And we spend, I would say, a good 75% of our clientele is the weekend warriors. Mm-hmm. And, and it's always a catch-22 because you get a weekend warrior that goes, hey, who do you, who do you work with? Oh, I've worked with Charlie Mullins and Chris Bach and Witowski. I've worked with Dungey and AC and the Martin Brothers and Tickle. If that matters to you, that's cool. But then here's where I get kicked in the groin. People go, oh, so you only work with the pros. <laughs> no, I, I'm just telling you those are the people that we've had the privilege of working with, but the lion's share of our business is weekend warriors. It's the amateurs because we understand, hey, where's that finite balance? I've only got, like you're saying, if you're doing a podcast and you're coaching and you're trying to ride and race and you're trying to keep your marriage intact and you're trying to <laughs> you know, lose some body weight and still have fun on the weekend – yeah, I, I've had CEOs that say, look, I've got three hours a week and it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I get to ride moto. You know, I get to get on my motorcycle or my quad once a month. Cool. We can work with that. But then that's where we get into what we call the non-sweating components of performance. Are you drinking enough water during the day without overdoing it? Because if you overdrink fluid, straight water, you literally dilute the electrolytes in your bloodstream and that can be counterproductive. Hmm. You know, how much food should I eat? When should I eat? What should I eat? Uh, foam rolling. As you guys are sitting here doing the pod with me, I have a tennis ball under my right foot. I have a tennis ball under my left glute sitting here talking to you on the phone. I want all your <laughs> listeners, when they're at their desk, if you know, even when you guys are driving in your truck, drop a tennis ball in between your shoulder blades and press back. If you're a passenger, kick your shoe off. Be working on the bottom. What are the two contact points on the motorcycle or the quad? Yeah. yeah. Your hands yeah, and your feet. feet. And and you guys are big burly dudes. When's the last time you got a hand massage? Uh, it's been, been, it's been a, a while. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and and as soon as the you know most people think about massage, they think, oh, okay, this is a cost benefit in, investment here, right? No, no, no. Because Kate, she's very very busy with school. You know, Mike just got up to Indiana. You know, he's he's going up there visiting some family. Dave, he's been in meetings all day. Well, if I can keep him at his desk with a tennis ball under his foot and another tennis ball on his glute, well, and and I know it sounds silly. Did you hear what I said? I have the tennis ball on my right foot and my left glute because I'm working on that left-right balance that we were talking about earlier. I know it sounds fluffy, but what are the things that people complain about on race day? Oh, man, my calves cramped, my feet Mm -hmm. cramped, my hands cramped, my arms cramped. Well, if I get you sitting there at your desk with a tennis ball under your feet and your glutes and your hamstring, that's two body parts. When you go home, you don't have to foam roll. Yeah. So it's therapy during the day. If you if you nailed your hydration, you nailed you snacked every couple hours on fruits and vegetables and lean protein, and that is what I want the listeners that have a full time job, a family. They're like, goodness gracious, what can I do? 
there's tons of things that you can do without even having to be at the track. And that's where we call it. That's why we call it the non-sweating components of performance. Everybody listening can control those variables. I want literally, I want you to right now drop your shoulders. Look how your shoulders are up by your ears. Just physically drop your shoulders. I want you to notice how your shoulders are, you're literally draped over your chest. Look how your shoulders are rolled forward. That's because your chest is overdeveloped from doing bench press and all the other stuff, (laughs) you know, and you said earlier, if I'm asking Mike, you know, please get your elbows up. Well, you're sitting hunched over a desk. You're, you're biomechanically teaching yourself to be anteriorly rotated. And then you have a writing coach saying, Hey, keep your head up, keep your torso nice and tall, keep that belly button over the center of the bike, but you can't do it sitting at a desk. What makes you think you can do it when you're fourth gear tapped? That's what makes it difficult. But if I can get you to work on soft tissue because you're a busy businessman, husband, father, and I can get you to work on flexibility, nutrition, hydration, if I can teach you to breathe through your belly, now all of a sudden you're maximizing the oxygen in the blood. Now a weekend warrior can go have a blast on his motorcycle or quad Mm -hmm. because they can ride longer without getting exhausted because they're flexible, they're hydrated, they're breathing deeply. Maybe they go to bed a half hour early. By the end of the week, they've picked up two and a half hours of extra sleep. Wow, they come to the race feeling fresh. Because I, I want the listeners to think about this. When you have a bad race weekend, is that truly a fitness issue or is that a preparation issue? We've all had those dreaded dry drives to the track where two flat tires on the trailer, the little guy throws up in the back seat <laughs> with being car sick, right. you know. And you show up at the race and you're like, am I really in a mindset to go? Is this a fitness issue or is it just the wheels have fallen off the bus just trying to get to the race today? Right, right. That's all it is. But we tend to be hyper competitive and we're all men with big peacock feathers. Nobody's going to tell us that we dropped the ball on something. Mm-hmm. But, but we'll, we'll throat punch somebody before we'll admit that. Right. And, and <laughs> when you're saying that and, and um, your last uh, webinar you did on your Moto E membership, was about being being mentally, not just physically, being mentally ready, uh, like when you line up against people, and and yeah. and you know it was pretty cool how you talked about that. Like if you went up the wall, if I walked up to Rodney and said, "Hey, where are you gonna where are you gonna are you gonna win today? Or what, what what position you're gonna be in um, when you when you look down the line?" And and I thought that was pretty cool how you did that. Absolutely, yep, you're exactly right, and that's what I love about human performance. We in our staff meetings we call it the evolution of performance. As you get leaner and you get stronger, and this is for a weekend warrior as well as an elite athlete, as you get leaner, a lot of people don't realize that when you put muscle on, muscle weighs more than fat. So you're really excited. You know, you've been able to loosen up two to three belt loops, but you forgot that the that two to three belt loop, maybe that put eight pounds of muscle on you over the last year. But what does that do to your compression and your rebound? What does that do to your sag? What does that do to your bike setup? So you've gotten fitter, but you're still riding with settings when you were a completely different body composition. Mm-hmm. There's another big disjoint that happens because you see it, particularly in the motocross side of things in the 250 class, most of the factory teams are telling the guys, hey, you've got to be super light or you won't get the whole shot. Everything's about the whole shot. Mm-hmm. So that's why you see such a brittle group of riders when they hit the ground they're, they're, they're breaking like twigs right. because they're undernourished. They have fragile bones. 
they're extremely exhausted because they're overworked and they're underfed. And I'm sorry, you know, there's a reason why the star Yamaha guys don't have a 250 rider out there. Now, I, when you look at some of the mistakes that they're making, they're so, they're so fundamental to me, that's a, a low blood sugar issue. So I need just so the listeners understand your liver is a gas tank that feeds your brain. That's where it stores sugar. That's where your brain gets its, its uh, thinking and its its sugar power, if you will. Your muscles store sugar, and that's obviously where your movement comes from. So as you begin to run out of energy, your eye-hand coordination gets slower and slower and slower. Now, this is not a big deal for, and I'm not trying to throw the motocross market under the bit, under the mat here, but I've got kids that I have a, a young man that's here from Australia, and he went to an area a couple of weeks ago. They were at, at the racetrack for nine hours, and he put eight minutes on his hour meter. Eight minutes in nine hours. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, <clears throat> so it's hard for me when a when a motocross racer complains that their eye hand coordination was down when they only had to bridge six minutes. But what about you guys that race for three hours? Yeah, you could start firing on all eight cylinders. Well, how are you feeling at the two and a half hour mark? You don't feel like the same guy. Mm-hmm, right. You don't feel like the same girl. Well, that's because the stored blood sugar levels in the liver, in the muscles are depleted. And now you're relying on outside sources. So that's like when you look at our sports drink that we created, Energy Fuel, we have three formulations. And the formulations change based on the intensity of your race and the duration. The science behind that has to match what you're trying to do. If you can't convert the sugar that you've consumed into energy, you're going to have slow reaction time. Well, no disrespect to Moto, but you guys are threading the needle sometimes, and I don't know how you get your darn bars through the trees, to be honest <laughs> with you. I'm like, doggone, that, that just doesn't fit right there, much less coming in at 40 miles an hour. I'm like, golly, that's amazing. Right. But that's not the time to have low blood sugar, obviously. Not that there's ever a good time. I don't mind falling on a straightaway, but I don't want to kiss a tree. Right, right. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> yes. And, and, and it seems like this year, Brandon, we, we've talked a lot about how there's been so many incidents this year where, where a lot of our top riders have gotten hurt this year. And a lot of riders have gotten hurt this year. And, and that's what I think, you know, what I really like about your program is, is you teach and you preach durability mm-hmm. and that is something that is is really needed that is often overlooked in this sport i believe um and you know i, I would like to, you know we would want to see people be able to be able to take hits and keep you know you never want to hit the ground but when you do to be able to have a body that's limber and strong enough to take that hit and to be able to get back up and keep going and, and take that just one step further. There's a lot of people that are physically strong in the gym, mm-hmm. but they're not strong in regards to functional movement of a motorcycle or a quad. And when you do hit the ground, and, and I get, and I again, for the sake of the listeners, I've been fired because people say, you don't push my athlete hard enough. And like I always tell them, when we get enough statistical data that validates that your athlete is ready and capable to do it, I'll be more than happy to administer it. And the way that we do that, it goes back to the beginning of our conversation. Once I look at your testing data and then I look at your sleep data, think about it. I test you on the front side. I evaluate your body's ability to recover. What, what makes up recovery? 
food, sleep, water. So if you're screwing up your nutrition, your nutrition drives the quality of sleep. Well, if you screw up your nutrition, your sleep's going to sacrifice. Well, wait a second. I thought sleep and food is the foundation for recovery. Mm -hmm. Oh, but you've got those two in disarray, and yet you're telling me I need to smash your athlete because you've got a race in two weeks and he needs to be faster. Well, wait a second. Your son is only 13 years old, and you're telling me you need him. I'm you, and I get this all the time. You don't understand. We got to win. I understand, but isn't he your son first? I didn't realize he was just a droid. <laughs> and and people don't like to hear me say that, but I'm very blessed. I have I have two sons and I have a daughter. I will always treat you, regardless of your age. I will always treat you like my son or daughter. Because I sleep really good at night, knowing, and I say this very very humbly. I have never had an athlete that I've ever worked with that's been diagnosed with Epstein-Barr or chronic fatigue. Now, I have been fired, and then they went on to become that because I wouldn't give them what they wanted to hear, and I didn't give them what they wanted to hear because the quantified information never proved that they were doing enough food and sleeping to be able to take on that extra level of maybe it's one extra speed work, maybe it's one extra hour on the motorcycle. And you guys have been around their sport long enough. Talk to anybody who's been hurt. What do 95% of them say? I got hurt on that last session when mm-hmm. I said, I'm just going to moto one mm-hmm. more session. Yep. When do they get hurt? And and this is very frustrating for me because I've got athletes, and not just in the motorsports world, I've got athletes that make $30, $40 million a year. So now if you look at our sport, where I mean, some of my athletes have 30 you know, million dollar contracts, whether they perform or they don't perform, they've got big contracts. Our sport is what? Based on results. Yeah. Right. So I'm supposed to push you to that finite line and then you grenade yourself and then you lose the chance of 30, 40, 50. You know, I mean, look at, look at Supercross, $150,000 a night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 10 rounds, 1.5 million, 1.1 to $1.5 million. I can look you in the eyes and say, Suck it up, Buttercup. I'm sorry I cost you 1.5 million because I thought <laughs> we could push that one more moto. Yeah. But yet, if you tell them, "Hey, look, err on the side of caution. Let's live for another day." Oh, what do you think I am, a pansy? No, <laughs> I just, I just thought maybe you might want to be eligible for that $150,000 bonus on Saturday night. Right. Yeah. Because you know a lot of these contracts are if you don't finish what 50% of the races, you lose half of your salary or even. All of it. Right. And there's far too many guys doing that. (laughs) Well, and think about how pathetic it is. Yeah. Because you have race teams that just want to be able to appease the sponsors using these individuals as pawns. And then Mm -hmm. what, and we have this saying in the physiology world, the second injury is always worse because you didn't recover from the first injury. Right. Right. And now what do we've got? We have zero representation and now we have a skeleton in you know, GNCC is no different than what's going on in motocross. The attrition rate is at an all-time high. Right. All-time high. So that's where I don't want anybody to think I'm on a soapbox. I want to see the sport grow. How right. do I do it? Build durable athletes. Now, if it's a little bit slower, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, but that doesn't always make me popular, But which I find somewhat humorous because I have a demented sense of humor. <laughs> If I if I if you're not in it, the eligibility of earning the money and the bonuses is not there 100 percent. But if I can get you to come into every race weekend fresh, I have at least a statistical 100 percent chance that you could win it. Mm -hmm. 
There's the difference. Now we get into strategy. Every single round that we've done so far with Mike this year, we've had a completely different strategy per round. All five rounds have been completely different. Mm -hmm. Now, as kind of like my last webinar, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, kind of taking a line from Mike Tyson. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, when, when Mike was, you know, whether you want to say he hit a vine, we've had a lot of discussions on what that was, where he just got surprised and the bike went left, right, and he hit the ground and had that dead leg for, seemed like, forever. Now what's your plan? Was that a strategic error? No, that was called the bike caught a vine, and next thing he knows, he's going sideways, and then he's over laying in the, in the corner, you know? Yeah. Can you ever plan for that? No. But what I can promise you is we were forever grateful after looking at the hematoma afterwards. We were very thankful that he didn't break his femur. Mm -hmm. Right. It was that severe. And like I told Mike, I can only I can only encourage you to do the work, but you're doing the contrast therapy, the foam rolling, you're doing the weight training. That's a lot. It's very unorthodox. You know, we don't go in and do a lot. Like I'm not a big fan of of exercises that I know could hurt somebody. And I get I get this pushback all the time from again, I'm gonna go back air quotes here, the so called experts in our sport. Mm -hmm. They're like, you have got to be able to do a deadlift, a clean and snatch, and you got to be able to squat. I'm like, I'm like, that dude doesn't have the flexibility to tie his shoelaces. <laughs> and you're gonna put two forty fives on either side of the bar and you're gonna have him squat it to ninety degrees. Yeah. Now, do I understand that a a, a deadlift it engages all the muscles on the posterior side of the body. Do I understand it? Oh, sure I do. Is it in my textbooks in my library here in my office? Oh, yeah, all over the place. But you don't have the functional flexibility to tie your shoes. Now I'm going to put weight on your shoulders, and I want the listeners to think about this. Watch somebody squat from the side. What is the very first thing they do when they start to go down? They push their behind directly behind them. Yep. Now I have weight on their shoulder blades and where's the discs going to go in between the spine? It's going to get pushed right out the back. And you get, especially at a facility where you get a lot of people that want to try to edge each other on. And I'm like, okay, what about if I have you take a set of dumbbells and I have you take a football against a wall, you keep your head over your spine, your spine over your pelvis, and you just do some squats down to 90 degrees, hold it for three seconds and come back up. It's working the exact same muscle groups, but I have zero risk of you bulging or herniating a disc. Right. Come on, Coach Rob. But that's not sexy. <laughs> you, you took the words right out of my mouth. That is, it's as if it was teed up. And that's exactly what it is. Because it's safe and it's not egotistically driven and it's not everybody dropping a ton of weight and grunting like a bunch of barbarians, mm -hmm. it's like, well, that's not, that doesn't work. I'm like, explain to me how it doesn't work. Well, the difference is they want to be able to say that they squatted 230 on the squat rack instead of saying they squatted with two 40-pound dumbbells on their hands. It doesn't look as good on Instagram when you take the video of yourself. Uh... <laughs> Absolutely correct. But then we come back full circle. We have athletes that are out injured because they have low back injuries. They're on a calorically restricted diet, so now they're fragile. They're being told not to eat fruits and vegetables because it has sugar in it. Well, where are you going to get your electrolytes from? If you don't eat fruits and vegetables – where are you getting your electrolytes from? If you're not eating fruits and vegetables, where are you getting vitamins and minerals from? What are the catalysts for energy? Vitamins and minerals. So anybody that's promoting don't eat fruits and vegetables so you can put your body into a state of ketosis 
again, in a textbook environment, that's great. But there's no I, – I find it a little bit embarrassing when these people sell these keto programs, and then they want you to take this supplement for an electrolyte yeah. and this for vitamins and minerals. And I'm like, that's not the way food was intended. That's not the way your body was created to function. No. Well, could we survive? Oh, yeah. Keto's proven that. It does not mean that I, I did a whole podcast on the difference between thriving and surviving. Right. The, the body's amazing. It will adapt to survive, but when you're trying to be healthy, that that's a non-sustainable program. Right. And it seems like right now the fad in, in Supercross, at least, is like going to that plant-based uh, a plant-based diet and cutting all the meat and stuff out. What do you think about that? It's it's complete hogwash. <laughs> you know, it's it's complete hogwash. I've never met anybody who said that they didn't feel better by eating more and more fruits and vegetables. And let's put air quotes on it again on a plant-based program. But my question is, that's great, but where are you going to get your amino acids? And, and people, especially some of the strict vegetarians, you know, vegans, they'll go, well, you need to be able to mix this and this and get a complete protein. Well, here's the problem that I have. Let's let's keep it in the real world, for, especially for the sake of our listeners. Mm -hmm. I can't get people to step on the scale twice a day in the morning and the evening to get their body weight. And you want me to teach them how to combine proteins, like in the form of legumes, beans, <laughs> sprouts? I, I'm sorry. I, I get what you're trying to tell me. You know, anybody that goes plant-based is going to feel better. But you cannot, and I would I would be more than happy to sit and have a, a Zoom conference, and you guys could record it. I want to see somebody that promotes the strict vegetarian, vegan, plant-based diet. Explain to me how the average individual is going to get enough amino acids, not even an elite athlete, just a basic everyday person that has a balance of family and job and writing. How are they supposed to get enough volume? I can't get people, and this goes back to what we said earlier, the beautiful part about these Garmin platforms, it will show you what your calorie expenditure is, and yet I still struggle to get enough food in my athletes because fruits and vegetables, they're nutrient-dense, but they're not calorically dense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can sit and tell me that a piece of meat may have some hormones from the way that it was raised or whatever, and I get it. I wish it wasn't there, but... I don't. I live in Orlando. I don't have a, enough farm space for me to raise a cow, so that I can make sure that he gets no hormones in his system. All right. So you're exactly right. There are bovine hormones. There are other things. I don't know what to tell you. What I can tell you is, if I have a nice piece of filet mignon, I know I'm going to get <laughs> the right amino acids by eating an animal product versus not eating an animal product. Now, some people are vegan because of ethical. I respect it. Some people say that for my health, I respect that. But what you're not going to be able to win an argument with is the bioavailability of a piece of lean protein mm -hmm. coming from an animal. It's much higher concentration rate. I hate to say this, but it's more readily available. I only need to eat a smaller piece of a filet to get plenty of amino acids and I have to eat a Jethro sized bowl of sprouts and legumes and beans and all to get enough, com you know, complete proteins mm -hmm. because isn't our goal here to make sure that we get the right amount of everything to stay healthy. Well, you're not going to get that on a strict vegetarian. That's why you don't see people staying on it because they're 
hungry all the time. Right. Yeah. And Brandon, you, you hit the nail on the head when you called it a fad because it's this sport and it's from the top to the bottom is if the guy winning is doing it, then, then we must, we, we must will. do we it. We all must, you know, and, and I, I'm pretty sure that Dylan Fernandez is, is yes. uh, um, plant-based and yes. he won the outdoors. So of course, uh, of course that's, that's the fad that goes on now. Eli Tomac is a, a father of two. So, you know, People might be popping out babies here pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anything to give us a reason for that, and we are in. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head, and I don't want to sound like it's a soapbox comment, but it's true. Just follow the money. You know, it doesn't take very long when someone makes a declaration that they're plant-based, and then you look at who they are, quote-unquote, in business partnerships with, and then you follow it a little bit deeper. Eventually, you find where the money is coming from. And it usually that's the gen and, and I, again, not trying to sound cynical or jaded in any way, just follow the money. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you really I'll give you guys an example in another sport. I qualified for the junior development program for the sport of triathlon as as a as a developing athlete at the Olympic Training Center. There was another guy here in Orlando that I, I, I trained with. And he got on the cover of Triathlete Magazine. He was sponsored by Reebok. He was sponsored by uh, Kestrel Bicycles. He led the swim at Ironman every year that he raced it. Well, I read the article, and he's talking about what he does during the week. I train with this guy literally 95% of the workouts we work out together. And I said, Alec, you don't do 10% of what you said you did in this magazine. He goes, I know. Hmm. And I just want the listeners to really think about that. Yeah. You know, if like, for example, he was sponsored by Reebok running shoes and he rode Kestrel bikes and P- power bar and Oakley's and all that. He didn't even eat power bars. <laughs> but if they at, when they asked him what he ate during the day, he said he had a power bar before every workout. Yeah. He didn't eat power bars. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's one of those situations when someone says they're plant-based, follow the money. Yeah. When somebody says that they're, sponsored by CBD, follow the money. Right. Are they really? I don't know. They could be. It's Because it, I want to make sure that people understand we're not picking on just the plant base. It could be CBD or anything else for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the it's, whole industry. This whole industry has been sponsored by energy, dr- energy yeah. drinks and that – I feel like at this point in time in 2022, everybody realizes that they're not drinking Red Bull on the podium. Or they're not monster. drinking Mon- Monster yeah. on the podium. They're drinking water out of those cans. But, you know, it's kind of it's the same thing. That's exactly it. There was a picture this week that was circulating of uh, Jet. He was pouring water on over his head and it was coming out of a red bull can yeah (laughs) and somebody sent it to me and said how long until red bull pulls this down and it goes back to when james stewart was on the podium and remember he had the red bull and when he acted like he was drinking it at the bottom of it somebody with a black marker put h2o on it (laughs) (laughs) i mean just little things like that it's um but you're right unfortunately and you i'm going to show my age here i'm 54 years old and if you go back i'm going to show my age in regards to the weight loss industry, remember, Stop the Insanity, the, the lady that shaved her head, she wrote this small book called Stop the Insanity. If you look at nutrition, you have South Beach, you have Atkins, mm-hmm. you have Zone. If you look at weightlifting, you have Super Slow, you have Super Set, mm-hmm. you have, you know, now you have HIT training. Now, you, I mean, when, and I, I, I know I sound old school here, but I'm still using the physiological principles that were taught at the Olympic Training Center. And as they always used to say to us, 
we're only here to learn how to make an athlete as fast as humanly possible doing it legally. Mm-hmm. So if Gatorade was sponsoring an athlete, they didn't care about Gatorade. What they wanted to know was, does that product provide the necessary amount of electrolytes and enough carbohydrates that are bioavailable? If so, use the product. If not, they would make us use something else because they didn't care if I was sponsored by a company. What they cared about is I'm on their dime being trained and tested. They want to make sure that I'm not going to fall apart during a workout because I ran out of energy because I'm eating something that's too light in the calorie density mode. So now I can't even finish the workout that they have three physiologists over overseeing the workout. I hope the listeners that makes sense. Yeah. You know, again, it doesn't make me popular, but I will tell you the truth on what works and what doesn't. Now, I, I, I personally, you know, I really like the fact of, of knowing like having the confidence and in, in doing what you're doing, if you can have the confidence in doing that, it, you're you're more likely to stick to it. Mm-hmm. Because when you get into, and I fell into this category a lot um, in my life, uh, where you know, like I'll, I'll go and I'll pick up dumbbells and like, what are you doing? Like, well, I don't know. I'm trying to do something. <laughs> so, or, or you go out for, or you go on a cycle, and it's like, well, how long ago it goes? Like, ah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. It's just whenever you know what you're supposed to be doing, I feel like it makes it that much easier to stay consistent. Yep. For sure. And take it one step further. And when you understand why you're doing it, having structure, somebody saying, all right, do this. Okay, great. Can somebody please explain to me why? I say to my clients every single day, when you go into the, let's say you head to the track to ride, I put together motocross, I put together specific protocols on the motorcycle or on the quad and that one workout fits into the seven day window and that week fits into a six or an eight week cycle but every workout has to fit into the seven day micro cycle if you don't understand why you're doing it you shouldn't do it right and it's that why now again they don't have to I go back to, if you want to know how many degrees I've got, that's awesome. I'll be happy to share it. All you got to do is go to my website and you can find it. (laughs) The bottom line is I want you to understand you don't have to have a master's degree in exercise physiology to understand the importance of a warm-up or Mm -hmm. a cool-down. Let Mm -hmm. me explain it to you at a 10,000-foot view. And then I always say it this way. Let me explain the concept before you experience it. So when you experience it, my concept conversation resonates with you because you just experienced it. And now we're back to the confidence conversation Mm -hmm. because I have to earn your respect by getting results. I can sit here and share the ideology and the physiology all day. You have to feel it. You have to see it and you go, okay, that makes sense because I felt it. And like you said, now I don't have to try to convince you. You'll go to the track. You don't mind looking like the one guy that looks like a goofball by standing behind your bike doing jumping jacks because you know you don't want to start the race at a heart rate of 80 and in one minute be at 180. Yeah. Right. Because you realize, ouch, that's going to hurt really bad when that lactic acid dumps in. Yeah. And I'm probably going to go backwards until the lactic acid kind of levels and then I can get back to racing again. Well, now I've lost contact and you're like, doggone it, if I just warmed up and tricked my body – and to think I'd already been out there for 20 minutes, guess what? I would have been able to settle into that pace from the very beginning, maintained it for two and a half hours, and actually picked up the pace the last 30 minutes. 
that's a strategy. That's one of many strategies that are out there. Right. You know, when Negative I, split. when we were, we were racing, uh, we used to go, you know, we used to travel a lot when we were younger and yeah. I used to be like, man, that guy's out riding his mountain bike, like riding the mountain bike up and around the track and all this. Like I'd, I'd be wore out before I even got, got on the line. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, now I'm a lot smarter and, and, and understand all that now, but, uh, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of guys look at, look at each other, like, I'm not doing that. Like I only got so much energy for this race and I ain't going to spend that, that, that energy when warming up. <laughs> yep. When we were, uh, when I had AC, I had him for his, uh, the majority of his 85 career. And when we were at Loretta's it, the way that the schedule fell, there was one day during the week where we didn't have any motos whatsoever. So we got up in the morning, we had the rower was right outside the motorhome what I always do is I would have them do a, a 30 to 45 minute row session. And then we would immediately sit down to breakfast. Well, all of a sudden he's out there rowing and all the cameras show up. And so the big push was, Oh, look at Rob's got AC working out on the one day during the week. I said, no, well, I didn't tell them that, <laughs> but I'm sharing it with your listeners. There's an, there's an enzyme called a glycogen synthase enzyme. And all it is is when your muscles get warmed up and activated, there's an enzyme that helps you absorb sugars more efficiently. It's called a glycogen sugar synthase enzyme. So the whole goal was get the muscle tissue activated and then immediately sit down to a meal. And then right before dinner, AC pops out, gets on the rower, rows for 30, 45 minutes, and we immediately sit down to dinner. Well, the idea here was we're just utilizing and just using principles of physiology. Well, just like when I did the Ryan Dungey CBS special, they took me asking him, did he eat ice cream before bed? They totally took it out of context and made me out to be the coach that advocates ice cream. <laughs> well, when AC was working out on the day that he didn't have any races, then I was having AC work out in the middle of the week. That just shows you how our sport is completely clueless. Right. Yeah. But yet you go to the Tour de France and they'll sit and spin on a trainer for two hours for a 10 mile time trial. Yeah, yeah, but nobody, but nobody questions that, no. right? Because <laughs> the sport gets it, yeah. You know? And that's what I want to bring to our sport is I want the weekend warrior to understand the value of a warm up, to understand the value of working out very, very easily, and then sitting down to a meal, especially on a race taper, whatever that it may be. You know, we've we've even shared it with your listeners here tonight. Is just trying to get a bigger picture of the why behind it, and then. If you have questions, ask, you know, and I say this all the time because I had a, a person, um, I had him for most, well, I had him for his entire amateur career. He signed with a pro supercross team and the supercross team had their own trainer and the athlete, in fact, it falls right in line with what we were saying earlier. My athlete was being asked to do some strength exercises in the gym that I'm vehemently against because of what we've spoken about earlier to avoid injury. And my athlete said to the trainer, he goes, why are we, why are we doing this? And he wasn't trying to be belligerent or, and he looked at him and he stuck his finger in his face and he goes, you don't ever question what I tell you to do. He said, okay, you know, he's, he's new to the team. He's like, oops, I guess I shouldn't have said that. The next day, the team owner pulls him aside. He says, you ever question my trainer and you, you're done. Hmm. Wow. All he was wanting to know was, why are we doing a certain exercise? Because I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. It's more about 
this athlete understands when you're doing a squat, a clean and jerk, a snatch, the potential of low back injury is quite high because in our sport, we tend to be, we, we lack in the flexibility category. Mm-hmm. Certain exercises are not conducive and they're actually counterproductive if you don't have the flexibility necessary to do the range of motion. That's all he was questioning. Now, if that trainer didn't get his you know, panties in a wad, if that guy had said to him, hey, look, I feel like you've got good enough functional movement that you can do that exercise, my athlete would have been like, cool, this guy knows what he's talking about. That's all he was looking for is a legitimate explanation. And then you just said it earlier, Rodney, understand why you're doing it before you do it. That's all. That's all. You know, but heaven forbid you take an ex-pro and you ask him a question. Well, now you're, you're being belligerent. You're not being very respectful. And I'm like, no, don't even start the exercise unless you know why you're doing it. Otherwise I have failed you as a physiologist. Right. Right. And that goes for every weekend warrior that we have as a client it goes for every youth athlete that we have. I work for the rider and their parents. Whether they're on a factory team or not, I work for the rider and the parents. And those parents are owed the right to know why the rider is or isn't doing something. Right, right, now, right. That doesn't mean the parents can agree with me and they may fire me, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't say that arrogantly. It's like I just know that I can sleep at night knowing I haven't roached somebody's child. Yeah. Because right. yeah. that's just completely irresponsible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, it's safe to be on that side of the spectrum than, than, than the, the other side. side, and you roach somebody, and then the parents are mad about that as well. <laughs> um, Brandon, yep. we. So, Coach Rob, we had. A lot of people uh, end up sending us messages asking questions. We're going to try to get oh, to cool. a few. Yeah, we're going to try to get to a few of them before we. Um, uh, we're not going to be able to get to all of them because we, <laughs> we had we had. Quite, I was surprised. I mean, there was a lot of there people to ask people, questions. Yeah. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, it was. It's cool. So, Brandon, uh, what's the first question we have? The first one we have is this one is um, actually a good listener of ours, Doug Kurt. Um, he says, "I already follow you. Follow as much as." of your GNCC program as I can. I decided it was a smart idea to sign up for the best in the desert battle, uh, 200 mile race in September. What else should I be adding to my workout and diet? Or should I just stay on my normal routine? I am a 30 plus ATV racer. Boy, that's a great question that has a lot of meat on the bone. Um, <laughs> I, po- I apologize for the, the strict vegans. Um, the, I don't the think there's too many is, of them listening. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that and run with that. Yeah. The big, the big thing I would want to look at is how much, how long does the athlete think it's going to take to finish that 200 miler and then reverse engineer how much time you have between now and the race. So for example, like with our professional runners, we don't run a marathon every weekend to see if we are in shape to run a marathon. We do different kind of field testing, and that's what I would encourage him to do. Take that 200 miles, look at the reality, what would be worst-case scenario, what would be best-case scenario, and then reverse engineer. Now, it's very hard for me to say without having a little more info. When we look at a 5K runner or we look at a 10K runner, we have a couple formulas. Maybe they're going to run on a weekly basis. Uh, let me just for people who don't have a running background, a 10K is going to be a 6.2 mile run. If we have somebody that's a 10K specialist, we might run five. We use a multiplier of five, maybe six, meaning they're going to run between 40 and maybe 60 miles a week to be ready to race that 10, 10K. Now, you can't use that same type of a, a multiplier 
in this type because you have to take into consideration the weight of the quad, the duration, what they're riding. You know, is it super rough or is it just high speed, you know, desert wide open kind of like day car or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't feel like I've answered the question because there's a lot of information. But what I would like to do is have him uh, DM me or if you guys can just send me his contact info yeah. and I'll get on the phone with him and have a more in-depth convo or I just throw it out there if it's good for you guys. I don't know if you allow people to come on the air and let's do a banter and let's answer those questions where maybe a listener can – some of the information may resonate with him or her. I don't know if that's an option or not, but I want to make sure I answer his question. Yeah, we can definitely do that. We uh, we don't have the technology to do it right now, yeah, but, but that would yeah. be fun to do for sure. Yeah, but we can definitely get yeah, his can info, that out. info over to you. Yeah, he's listen. I, I'm he's one of our most loyal listeners. He's listening right now, so um, I'm sure oh, he cool. he will be right on it with uh, with uh, responding to well, you. If if he's listening live, and this is for anybody else as well, if you guys have questions, feel free to contact me. Yeah. My direct email is Rob, R-O-B as in boy, B as in boy, Rob at Coach Rob, spelt the same way, C-O-A-C-H-R-O-B-B.com. If you have a question like in this one right here, um, just email me. That way I can email you back directly. We won't harvest your email or sell it to anybody. I just want to make sure I can answer your questions because then I can get a banter going, gather a little bit more info, and I want to make sure that he gets exactly what he needs to go out and stamp that race and have a great time. Yeah. Thank you for the question. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Our next question, um, comes in from, uh, Instagram. A, a guy wants to know, uh, pre-workout before a race. <laughs> <laughs> what is your opinion on that? Uh, say the question again, is it pre-workout or pre-race? Pre, pre, pre-workout. Before like a, a, before a race. Before like, a race. Should you take some? <laughs> well, the answer, that's why I was trying to differentiate. Yeah. If it's a workout, I would say, you know, like during the week in the gym or a ride session, I would say no, because what happens is you lose what we call the ergogenic benefit, caffeine, creatine, all of those are ergogenic benefits. But just like caffeine, if you drink six cups of coffee every day on race day, you're not going to get that mental focus that you can get out of caffeine because your body's desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. So during the week, I would say just, you know, run what you brung, eat good fruits and vegetables, be hydrated, be mentally focused and ready to do the work that's necessary. The work that needs to be done is your identified weaknesses on race weekend. Keep that in mind. The day of a race, you can do something like we have a product called Energy Fuel Boost, which has a little bit of caffeine in it for mental focus. But we also have a lactic acid buffer in it because we know that you're using it for something less than an hour. It's pretty high intensity. On race day, I would, I, I think you could get away with doing stuff like that. But then it, I guess the question would need to be, what is it that you're talking about taking on race day? Is it, uh, sure. is it a drink that's supposedly going to get you amped up with a, a boatload of caffeine? Is, mm-hmm. Do you think that's what he's referencing? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Just hopefully it doesn't have any pump in it. (laughs) Yeah. If you're taking, again, we go back to someone who maybe only drinks a little or no caffeine at all. And then you take that on race day and let's say it's got, you know, three cups serving of caffeine. Just remember that that can cause raging diarrhea because (laughs) it, and what happens is your sphincter will literally open up 
And even though you think you can keep, and I know this is not the funnest thing to speak about, but it's just not <laughs> This is not honest. where I thought this this question would go, but okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If somebody doesn't drink a lot of caffeine and they're trying to get that metabolic lift that you can get from caffeine, you got to remember some people have a negative reaction to caffeine and it literally vasodilates the sphincter and then you're blowout Bob. And so that's not a good place. Let's go to something that's not as disturbing to speak about visually. Think about creatine. If you're taking creatine, specifically creatine monohydrate, you have two schools. You have people that, yes, it will increase the contractile strength of the tissue, but you also have people that get dried out like a prune. Yeah. So if you haven't tried that in training, you darn sure don't want to ruck up to the race and try it because your buddy's doing it. And on that same note, those RTDs, the ready-to-drinks, when they say they have creatine in that pre-workout, it's complete garbage. <laughs> Because creatine monohydrate, if you buy it at pharmaceutical grade, it's very, very, very expensive. So there's no way a $5 RTD at the gym is going to have creatine that's of any value, to be honest with you. Right. You're just paying for a very expensive urination session is all you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you want to give me $5 and I'll give you a sports drink that allows you to urinate the same amount, I'll give it to you all day long. <laughs> It's <laughs> awesome. All right, our uh, our next question, um, th and this is a pretty interesting one um, that I'm excited to hear your opinion on. Uh, it comes from Instagram as well. Why is there only ever a couple of guys winning when so many work hard and have the equivalent equipment and experience at a pro level or amateur level? I would assume that they're talking about at a pro level. Because, like, you know, like right now we're looking at a season where Ben Kelly may go undefeated. Um, last year we were looking at a season where it was Ben Kelly versus Stu, Stu Baylor. And it, it seems like there always is um, a select few that are always winning. You see the same thing in motocross and supercross. And what is your opinion on that? Well, if it's the loaded question that I think, and I don't know who this person is. Obviously, I haven't seen it, so I don't want to falsely accuse anybody. A lot of people want to get into this subject of is there performance enhancing drugs in the sport? Mm -hmm. My thing is it's like the tour de France. If, if there is performance enhancing drugs, everybody's using them. The top 10 guys, you know, I'm talking about the tour de France. Yes. It's, it's one of those, like when you look at when Lance was pulled down and then, you know, I think they went 31 or 32 people after they took Lance's crown away, they looked at how many people either admitted or, tested positive at some time they went down some ridiculous number like 35 36 it was a big number huh. that that requires a, a much we can do an entire show just around yeah. like how would you, like for example when you look at somebody that has abnormal improvements from a junior to a pro if you look at somebody like in the tour de france that as a junior was a nobody and their dad or mom had some money and they got on a big elite team and all of a sudden now they're breaking time trial results. You've got to have the historical pedigree to justify that professional domination. Ken Roxon didn't come to the States and just all of a sudden start doing well. Yeah. Right. He was a, he was a junior world champion. You've always got to look at the pedigree of somebody five, six, eight years before they get into their prime. If it all of a sudden just comes out of nowhere, Hmm. Smells like a rat. Looks like a rat. It's probably a rat. Right. Now, if you're looking at, like you say, you get it narrowed down where you get into a two man, two man pony show. I think that's where we go back to what you guys were both saying. And that is when you're confident in what you know you're doing is working. 
there's what we call an athletic poise, a disposition. That athlete rucks up to the starting grid, and you can just see that disposition about themselves. Tomac, at the end of last year with Cowie, not feeling it so much. Mm-hmm. Now, Yamaha, you could walk up and punch him straight in the chest, and you'll probably break your hand. Yeah. <laughs> He's so confident right now. We saw that with Ferrandis Outdoors. There was a disposition change. You saw that with Webb last year when he systematically wore Ken Roxon down and won the championship. Mm-hmm. You look at videos of Cooper Webb at round one and two when he was struggling with bike setup, and Ken Roxon was w- clean in the field. Then you saw that there was a paradigm shift, and all of a sudden Roxon was kind of looking down at the ground, and Webb was looking kind of at the sky. Momentum, as you know, Lance Armstrong likes to say, momentum has changed zip codes, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And I think that's why you notice one or two guys, especially when we get midseason, they're very confident in their routine. They're very confident in what they're going to eat and drink on race day. They've really worked out the kinks on the motorcycle. So triple clamps are to the T, rebound, chassis, everything is dialed. And you know how it is. You talk to these top guys like Stu, when that bike is just settling in right, you don't you do very few changes to it week mm-hmm. to week. Mm-hmm. You might make some changes to conditions but you're not making significant changes. And I think that's the big difference. Yeah. 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 And so often, you know, I feel like this sport, uh, along with a lot of other sports, it comes down to, to once you reach the tip of the spear, as far as your physical condition and the equipment that you're on, it, it, it comes down to a lot of mental, uh, the mental side of it. And like you said, once you get that momentum train rolling and it, the momentum changes zip codes, um, then it seems like it, it snowball effects uh, um, uh, quite, you know, really well for these guys. 100%. I wrote a sports psychology book on this subject, and it was something that we talk about in the psychology world quite a bit. Whether you think you can or you can't, either way, you're correct. Yeah. Now, stop and think about that. Whether you think you can or you can't, either way, you're correct. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, there can only be one winner on race day. Now, what I find interesting is when you have somebody like a Tomac that, you know, has four or five rounds. We saw it even this past uh, weekend. You know, you have somebody that gets on a roll. A real sign of a champion is the one that can take that third place, pull his tent down and move on. And it doesn't it doesn't mess with his, his confidence. That's what's very difficult. And this is what's kind of the bane of my existence with amateur dads and particularly moto dads is if the rider has one bad race, they want to gut the whole program. Yeah. Got to start all over. Yeah. <laughs> you look at those top pros, they're like, hey, look, tonight the bike just didn't do what we wanted in the whoops. Maybe it was dirt type. Look at last weekend in Supercross. We had clay. We had dirt. We had sand. We had everything. Well, maybe your tire selection really caused you to be sketchy in the sand section, and you got passed twice there and finished third. Is that a fitness issue? Is that mm-hmm. a program issue? Mm-hmm. No. It was just a gamble. Right. But now you get the moto dads from hell that want to fire everybody and everything and start over. Yeah. <laughs> and it happens all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I think it's, like you said, I think it's that momentum and the confidence in the program. And I think, you know, you look at Ben Kelly. He jumped up to that KTM, obviously on a good platform with, you know, there's a tremendous amount of history there with, with Caleb. I don't think they had to do a whole lot of adjustments. And you get somebody who's fit and very intelligent like Ben. Look what you get. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And full of confidence. Um, and then speaking of that confidence, this is a really good segue into our last question that we're going to that we're going to um, ask you tonight. Um, uh, and it comes from another listener on Instagram. 
how to, how can somebody train for and cope with high pressure situations? So that's more along the lines of of uh, your mental state. And uh, is there a way to train for that, or is that something that comes? You know, you like look at a Cooper Webb or somebody like that, that you see somebody that with that tenacity, I guess you would say, is that something that, that you can actually train for? Or is that something that is God given and natural? Yeah, I would say it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I think a little bit, Ricky Carmichael and I, we have a little bit of a disagreement on this because you'll hear him on the broadcast and he'll say champions are born. I disagree. Because if you look at the guys that are the most naturally talented, they tend to be the laziest and they tend to fall away quicker than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I, when I make that comment, I don't want somebody to think I'm being combative. It's just most of the, the true champions came from next to nothing. And they, none of them really are going to come out and say, oh, that guy had the greatest amount of talent. He had the right combination of work ethic, maybe started from nothing. I mean, look at the Lawrence brothers. I mean, their parents sold everything. And if you listen to that Whiskey Throttle show with David, what the boys say, their dad looked at him and said, we don't have another choice. We have nothing to go home to. Yeah. We sold everything. We have to make it. It's not an option. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to your original question, is that pressure or is that expectation? Because that's the thing that I always challenge my athletes with. Someone says, oh, I cracked under pressure. There is no such thing as pressure. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, what do you mean? I go, well, then why, why do you work out 15 hours a week? Well, I thought you were putting those hours in because you wanted to win. So your behavior is in alignment with what you told me you wanted to do. That's called championship habits. I don't need to get a young rider to remember to brush his teeth. If you want to be a champion, you brush your teeth. You, if you're a young athlete, you don't need to be cattle prodded to put your stupid phone down and go to sleep. That's not what a champion does. When somebody says to me they cracked under the pressure, what is pressure? I thought you were just rising to the expectations that you put upon yourself. Mm -hmm. And you showed that to me by putting in the sweat equity during the week. The reason why I put it in that context is it's all about perception. It's all about perception. Cooper Webb doesn't feel like he has pressure. If you think about like when he was first hired by uh, Star Yamaha, why did he ride for Star Yamaha? Because nobody else gave him an opportunity. So, did, did he see that as pressure? No, he wanted to prove everybody that they'd made the wrong decision by not hiring him. Do you see how that takes a paradigm shift? Yeah. He yeah. still wanted to win. He didn't see it as pressure. He saw it as an opportunity to validate his point. Other people look at it and go, hmm, that's pressure. No. You, if your behavior, if you're going to make the commitment, investing in bikes, driving to the track, willing to invest in yourself with good food, doing the right things, when you ruck up on race day, it's just simply, and I say this to all my athletes, race day is not about thinking. It's about executing the plan. Because when you think you're using the left brain, it's a way slower reaction time than the creative side of the brain, which is the right side. That's why it sounds fluffy. But when I say visualize how you're going to win the race, whether you get a first place start or a 15th place start, mm-hmm. you still. I always use the analogy when they went after Osama bin Laden. They didn't land those three helicopters and go, hey, dude, what do you want to do? (laughs) (laughs) And when that helicopter went down, they didn't stop and talk about it. They went in. They got the black box. They disengaged what they needed to, still got the plan executed, and got the heck out of there. Mm -hmm. And I say to my athletes, you've got to go into that starting gate as if you're landing that helicopter to go to get Osama bin Laden. They knew where they were going, 
who was going and what needed. No, but there was no time for thinking. And as we say in the military world, you think you get killed. <laughs> and that's what I say on race day is if you think you're going to go backwards. It's about executing the plan now because this is what brings it segue back to what you're saying. Can it be taught 100 percent? You know, if, if you've never been taught German and you land up in Germany, you can't be expected to be able to read the signs and order from the menu and be able to communicate only because you haven't been taught that. Yeah. And that's where I think in our sport, there's this bravado that I get good on skills and drills and I have very good equipment. And somehow that combination is supposed to make me a mental monster. No. Let me give you just two quick examples. If I take a young rider, he's on the 250 class, and I say, look, I'm going to take you down to the 65 class. You think you could win? Oh, yeah, yeah, I could do it. Very, very confident. Okay. Tomorrow, I want you to get geared up next to Mike Witowski, and same bike, I want you to go, oh, no, I can't do that. Well, wait, <laughs> I thought confidence was there. How did it just evaporate? All I did was change the scenario. Right. And then the other side of it, to show you how powerful the brain is, don't think about a pink cow with black spots. Don't think about a pink cow with black spots. So if I want to really get inside your head and I want to manifest a first turn, all I say to you, uh, an accident in the first turn, all I say to you is, hey, Brandon, hey, Rodney, don't go down in the first turn, okay? <laughs> Whatever you do, don't go down in the first turn. What's the only thing you're thinking about? Going down in the first turn. <laughs> and then what happens when you manifest you go down. What do you do now? Then you panic. The fear, yeah. Well, no, the fear of it happening has now been manifested. Mm -hmm. It goes from worrying and now you're pissed off. <laughs> what do you do? Now you ride to your fullest potential because your fear of falling has now been manifested. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the real you comes out. Yeah. So that's why I always tease in my staff meetings. If I could bottle that, I would be a millionaire. <laughs> right. If I could bottle that, okay. And this is why you see people like Adam C's dad. He would let the entire gate go, and then he would release AC and let him go run everybody down because yeah. he wanted him to learn how to go through the pack. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a plague of Michael Essie. Michael Essie only learned how to win by being at front, and he was a good starter, so he could get away with that strategy. Yeah. Then he goes pro. He starts sixth. He finishes fifth. AC can start 15th and get to first. Why? Tomac learned to get through the field. AC learned to get through the field. Villapoto learned to get through the field. That's why you see multi-time champions. Right, right. But we don't look at that model. Somehow we think that we're immune to the same principles, which is kind of silly. Yeah. You know? Yep. That's the biggest challenge that you run into is We've got to learn how to train ourselves to think. And this is really for, uh, it's a very important component for all of us, whether you have young children or not. We put ourselves on this level of expectations without the skill set to do what we want. And then we get disappointed with the results. And then we keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Right. And that's where the mental, that's why I like to, not to sound awkward here, but that's why my program is called the Complete Racing Solutions. Mm -hmm because we do nutrition and we do strength and we do flexibility and we do mental development and then we're back to strength and then flexibility because one without the other, you're, you know, you could have a, an 80 horsepower 450. If you don't put fuel in it, my PW 50 is going to beat it. Yep. 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 And that's what I see a lot of people. They're, they're really modded motors and ready to rip. And then they make silly mistakes. And I, I could do a whole show with you guys on, 
Unfortunately, the average human being, and I would say probably 99% of humans, are more petrified of success than they are failure mm. because of what you just said. They feel like there's this pressure to repeat it. And I go, no, there's no pressure to repeat it. What most pressure stems from is not knowing what you did the first time to win the championship. So now you're petrified. You don't know what to do to duplicate it. We're back to the same square one of don't think of a pink cow with black spots. Yeah, right. You haven't trained yourself and or you don't have a performance program that's educated you on how and why. So then when you do win the championship, you feel like you're starting from scratch instead of going, hey, cool. We've, I, my Part of my mental development program is called the blueprint of success. If you see a house that you like, I don't go and redesign it. I go hire or I buy the blueprints and then I hire a builder that follows the blueprints and I get the house that I wanted. Mm -hmm. Well, if you tell me that you want to be a weekend warrior that's able to go faster and be more resistant to injuries, then you've got to follow a program. You've got, you've got to know what's causing your injuries. Usually it's going to be mm -hmm. mental fatigue, low blood sugar, not enough sleep. And you notice I didn't include any sweat equity, food, <laughs> yeah. sleep, and water. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want that to be. Hope, you know, a thread of hope for the weekend warrior. Yay. I don't need to go, you know, try to find an extra 10 hours a week. It's like, man, it's, it's right at your fingertips. Yeah. And then right. if you can get 10 hours, that's gravy, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Now, and I know that we, we have a lot of listeners that, that could definitely benefit from, from everything you've said on the show. Um, I'm cool. sure there's some pins and, and, and pads out. We have, uh, um, a couple of the writers have actually been in studio, yeah. um, have talked about, you know, a lot of stuff like this. So it's really cool to be able to have you on and, and, uh, coach Rob, I mean, you're always full of yeah, knowledge, a ton of information. If, if and you knowledge. guys enjoyed what you just heard, go over and at least be a member, um, join the Moto E membership. Yeah. Cause he does these webinars. Well, I appreciate it. He does. I think you got 45, right? 45 webinars on there. And they're just... uh, yes, sir. Uh, this week, I think we were at 45. Yes, yeah. sir. So we've yep. got 45 that are in the library right now. And then we do twice. Uh, we do two webinars live per month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's full of knowledge like this. So go over there. It Just the webinars alone is worth the, the monthly membership, I promise. And, and then, you don't even have to be uh, an athlete, sure. correct? You, you, no. you can use this if you're just wanting to have a better, healthier lifestyle. Pretty much. You're exactly right. We, When you go into the membership area, we designed it recognizing that everybody's at a different place. Mm -hmm. And we have, uh, if you go, if you want to go top to bottom, bottom to top, what we do as a company is we look at how much time can you ride during the week? If you can ride, you know, three, four, five times, that's awesome. We have, you know, the, uh, the what we call the full-time program. If you can ride on the weekends, we call it the weekend warrior program. If you are at a point where maybe you just don't even have a bike anymore, mm -hmm. we have just a fitness division. Um, and it's just that. Now, what I like about it is there's still the psychological element of being fit. So we have a mental, you know, vertical inside the membership area. If you're a weekend warrior and you're trying to figure out how to drop some, some body fat, you know, there's, there's nutrition yeah. about how to build body mm -hmm drop muscle, excuse me, drop body fat, build muscle. But think about this, whether you can't ride or whether you're riding five days a week, you still have the same goal, drop right, body right. fat, build muscle. So what we do is we adjust what we do on a weekly basis around the fact that, hey, most of us have families and jobs and unfortunately we're not getting paid to go racing. So we have to keep it real. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, right. But I really appreciate the kind words and, and I really do appreciate, um, you know, the listeners if you guys want to send me the questions, I'll be more than happy um, if, if maybe they haven't listened or, you know, if they're not 
on live with us. I want to make sure everybody that sent you a question, I want to make sure I get back to them. So whether it's a screenshot or whatever, yeah, I absolutely promise you I'll get back to them by close of business on Friday. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there are obviously some questions that we weren't able to get to on the show, but we'll sure. send them, we'll send them your way, and uh, uh, that way you can reach out to those people if they have uh, uh, questions that need answered. And uh, Coach Rob. Um, Again, thank you for uh, uh, being on the show, and, and thank you for always supporting the show. We always appreciate uh, the fact that you listen to the show and uh, um, uh, always comment when we have a new show up. So we, we, that's pretty awesome. We appreciate that. No, absolutely. You guys are doing a great job. I, I was telling my wife I love you know the angle that you guys take with the off-roads and the quads and bringing those guys on and giving them a voice, and, and that's awesome. Keep up the good work, and thank you, thank you so much for having me on. And again, thanks to all the listeners that put the questions in. You'll hear from me soon. Thanks right. so much, guys. Absolutely, right. we'll thank have you. you. We'll have you on in the near future, and I'm sure there will be more questions the next time as well. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks again. You guys be safe. Have uh, a good evening. All right, you too. too. We'll talk to you later. Take care. All right, bye bye. Man, that was a lot of information. I mean, it, it always is. Yeah. And the the last time that we had Coach Rob on, that was one of those podcasts that I went back and listened to multiple, multiple times, times to to really kind of uh, absorb the information right. that he has. Um, you know, he he's full of all all kinds of information. And if you hear him saying something more than one time, you better listen because it's very important. Right. And you know, we all want to get better. We're, if, if you have a dirt bike in your race or a quad in your race, any any athlete or any competitor, you always want to get better. So yeah. listen, listen to this. Go back and listen to it. Not even live, just, you know, whatever. And just put down a pen and paper and pick out what you, you know, what you think is good, you know. And, and it's really, uh, like I said, there's a lot of good information in there. There's a lot of good information and and it, and it's very beneficial to like Brandon. You're right now. You're in a you're in a point in your life where you're you're running a full racing series. You're yep. working a full time job. You're uh, coaching 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 a a C ball team. And I'm in a situation where I'm not really racing anymore, um, but I'm still trying to be active enough and be fit enough to where if I wanted to race, <laughs> I could. Right. So, you know it's cool because it's able to help people in every situation yeah. uh, that, that they're in and be able to um, just help you have a healthier lifestyle. I'm, I've not gotten on his program uh, to date, but uh, you know, my wife and I were talking and uh, I, I'm wanting to yeah. uh, get back into no. being fit. Cause it's been a minute and I've, I've, uh, I've been putting it off <laughs> for the past off. year or so. Like I said, guys, now listen, when you're doing this, if you want to follow him, it's not just pull up and do a workout. Like he says, like you do, you do assessments. The first thing you do when you go in there, you do assessments like, you know, he'll have you measure your body and weigh yourself and, and, um, keep a food log maybe. And, and, uh, and then, you know, go into the workouts and then do, Weird, you would think it's you think it's going to be weird stuff. I'm uh, like, why am I doing this? And if you listen, you read, and you read, and you listen, um, you understand, and and uh, uh, it'll get you there. Yeah, yeah, for Man, sure. What a show! What a show! What a show! I think this is our longest show uh, to date. Is this does this tie uh, McGill show? 
Man, I forgot about how long McGill show. We gotta have him on again. We soon. gotta get McGill. We gotta have him on again. We have uh, Jeff Harvey uh, that's gonna be coming on the show. Uh, he's actually gonna be coming in studio here very soon. Yep. Uh, we gotta pick out a date one of these weeks, maybe next week or the week yep. after, uh, depending on when he can come in. And uh, uh, it'd be good. It'd be See awesome if we could get McGill on when when Jeff's in because I uh, I know they're pretty close. Be so. scared if we had both of them in studio. <laughs> I think we'd just walk out and just let them have the show, right? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they might force us to do that at that point. So, hey, Brandon, um, do your thing. Do my thing. Guys, um, if you've been listening this long, we really appreciate you. Um, and Oh, trust me. They've been listening. And uh, uh, if you want to support us, guys, support these guys that I'm getting ready to announce. Guts Racing. All right. Those guys are awesome. Any kind of seat you want. Trick out your bike with a tricked out seat. Uh, if you walk in the garage, like when I walk in, turn the light on, I see that gut seat on the bike. Beautiful. It's it's like, dude, that's sick. It is you sick. You know what I mean? It is sick. Um, and also, guys, just, we all know we got to take care of our suspension and seals and everything we have on our bike. It's a lot of money. Everything's going up, right? Yeah. Food, gas. I mean, it's it's insane. I would call seal savers the durability right. that Coach Rob was talking about. <laughs> durability your, for your bike. Make man. your body durable. Make your machines durable. That's right, man. Hit them up. They're awesome. They're great. They're not ex- They're not real pricey. They're affordable, and they're even, even more, more affordable, affordable with the split line discount code with a capital S. All right, twenty five percent off everything on their site. Hit them up. They're they're awesome. Mason over there is great. Sunstar Chandon Sprague is guys. He's great except for on Pulp Mex Pulp, Fantasy. Yeah, he's he kicking sucks. our butt though. No, he just <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> no uh Sunstar Chandon Sprockets, guys. They're awesome. Uh Case Harden Steel, uh Sprockets and Chains and uh anything you want, they have. Uh any kind of scenario, hook them up. They look sick on your bike. They they're awesome. They're just playing out awesome. Yeah. All right. So now we got XC gear. That's right, XC gear. <laughs> XC gear so new, like it's awesome. It is. Dude, Just look on the wall. It's a fresh fresh face in the room. Dude, I'll tell you what. Like, If you want to save some arm pump, if you haven't been working out as much, maybe that'll save you some arm pump yeah. a little bit. Um, and it'll take a lot of the big G outs out, like from a lot of the hard hits off your wrists and, and um, shoulders and all that good stuff. Uh, they also run some foot pegs, hook them up. And he does a lot of cool customized stuff uh, over there. So you can put them on a quad, too. You can put them on a quad, mountain bike. Dirt bike. Heck, you probably have something for a side-by-side. Who knows? <laughs> no, just uh, go support them, guys. They're awesome. And then once you get all that together, go hit up your local Mountain State Hair Scramble Series. If you're in West Virginia, come out. It's great riding. It's good, good old, old what I call old school riding. In it's the old school riding. It's old school. Yeah. If you want old school GNCC style riding, go to Mountain State, Mountain State Hair, Hair Scramble. Scrambles. Tight, technical woods. You're going to have fun. You're going to be around a lot of good people, and you're going to mm-hmm. It'll make you a better rider. It'll make you a better rider. All right. Made me a better rider. Man, what a show. I don't know if it did you or not, but. It, it made me. It made me good. Maybe good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Brandon and I are. Brandon, you look tired. I'm just just a hair. Got to wake up for work in a few hours. And then we got a game. And... <laughs> Coach Rob, we're not getting the sleep that we, we need tonight. Not. But uh, uh, this show was well worth it. It was. It was awesome. <laughs> All right, guys, for episode 73, Guts Racing Seal Savers, Sunstar Chain and Sprockets, Mountain State Hair Scramble, XC Gear, Josh Koscheck, 
Coach Rob Beams, thank every one of you for being on the show and helping us with it. And Brandon, thank you. Yep. Thank you, too. All right. Peace. Peace.